wrestling is hard, where every side is the dark side of the ring. First up is the man responsible for AEW, Brandon. Hello. Jim, what's up? How are you today? Good. How was your week? You got anything to report? Yeah, I just spent the last four hours uh, going through my Magic the Gathering card collection that I took <laughs> okay. from uh, my my grandmother's attic and i'm pretty pumped up man I've, I've, i'm about to consolidate and sell some cards i got some valuable cards from the 90s so very so nice you're gonna go take it over to a west philly store and uh hopefully come to collect here so you might do it's it, a good man. afternoon you might be better off just selling them on ebay individually i've done that i'm actually banned from ebay so i can't <laughs> <laughs> you can give them to me i'll sell them for you on ebay i'm not banned i was selling funko pops on there and Every time that they would only go for like seven dollars, I would just lose the energy to like go to the post office and sell it. So like three or four times, they're like, "Hey, you can't sell any more stuff." So like legitimate fraud. You were taking people's money and not delivering. They they get their money back, but I just was. You have like ten days to go to the post office, and I was just too busy and just wasn't wasn't uh being a good business. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna say this as an avid eBayer. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. I mean, really, I would have been mad as fuck if I bought something and didn't get it. Because it's not about like, it's about like, I got it. No, you didn't. It ain't about the money. It's about I got it. It's it's pretty scummy. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was, it was it's so a pretty bad move. I, I it still. Was, it hasn't changed the way I think about you, buddy. Here's what makes it really bad. Was uh. Oh, it's gonna get worse. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It, it gets worse. I uh last summer I was is when I got banned when I was selling stuff. And uh, I was, I think I was on vacation during the week. I, I poorly planned the ending of the sale. So they were messaging me like, why haven't you shipped this yet? And it was right during the riots. And I was like, oh, I had to leave the city. There's riots. Like I had to, oh I, had to flee. I had to flee. I'll get back. When I get back, I'll ship it. Oh my <laughs> so God. You're a fucking monster, man. You're a fucking monster. Oh my God. It's pretty fucked up. You're a monster, and I'll tell you what, I like you even more because you did that. <laughs> In my head, I was like, oh, I'll go back tomorrow and do it, and I just never did. So, yeah, I can't sell anything on eBay, but don't okay. think don't think less of me because of that. In real life, I'm a better person. You're just extremely lazy. So lazy that you lied about the riots possibly injuring you that you were on a beach. Not that I was injured, but just that I had to, to – to flee to a safer place. Yes. All lies because yeah. you were too well, lazy. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. First of all, living in the city and having to go to the post office is absolute hell. I'm sure you've gone through it, Jim. Yeah. It's terrible. I, I go out to the burbs yeah. and drop it off. Yeah. I mean, you know, living where I live and going to the post office, you know, it's joyous. It's a joyous occasion. They say hi yeah. to you. I don't know. Yeah. I, she's moving over there. It's really nice. And I do, you know, me, I do most of my stuff that I ship has customs forms and all that other crap because I'm shipping it overseas. And it's just like, you know, a lot of shit you got to do. But I'm a pretty good uh, – we're on pretty good terms with my post office lady, my lady postal officer over there. Yeah. She's very nice. Yeah, Philly sucks. Selling a, selling, selling a Guardians of the Galaxy Funko Pop for $6 and waiting in line in 90 minutes at the post office to do it. so. It just didn't happen. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> No, I mean, I did it in the city, too, man, and that one, there was one particular post office inside, right off of South Street in Philadelphia, and my God, was that place hell. Prince Lady? You'd walk up there, and it would, with the Prince Lady, and you'd yeah. walk up there, and it was like, 
you know, two minutes after they'd opened and there was like a line out the door because nobody had opened the door. They wouldn't open the door like 45 minutes sometimes after they were supposed to. It was so bad. Uh, for listeners at home, it's a very famous woman that used to. She got let go. She used to work at the post office just off South Street in Philly. But it was the Prince Queen. She had Prince tattoos. She had hair like Prince. Prince bangles. Everything was Prince, Prince, Prince. So much so that I went to, not knowing, I went to the gym, gym around the corner. And she was in her full Prince garb. She comes walking in, all her Prince garb, wearing purple. And she just hops on the treadmill and just starts running. And like flats. She doesn't have sneakers on. She's just Prince stuff running on the treadmill. It was amazing. I Prince love it. He, and he's dead, so he has no idea she's around. Yeah, Prince is dead. RIP. Just blasting little Corvette, little red Corvette, sweating <laughs> her ass off in the Planet Fitness. You don't have to be beautiful. Ching, 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 running on the <laughs> treadmill. Oh, by the way, uh, next is the man assigned the task of NXT. You already heard his voice. Chris, how are you? How was your week? It was wonderful. Anything to report? Not much else to say. No. How's the, how's the uh, uh, steampunk robot going with the pool? Steampunk robot's going well. Oh, I do have reports. Sorry. Uh, not only do we have Steve, I had a, I have a, uh, a strange man visiting my house using my swimming pool right now. That was, if you heard the door open, that's what that was. Um, the, we have another robot to go with the pool robot. Uh, my wife purchased a Roomba I also on the, got one. uh, on the Primus day. Yes. I, I didn't get Primus. a Roomba. I didn't get a Roomba though. I got a shark. Yeah. Self-emptying and shark. I, uh, I have, uh, I have, um, advice. If you're anything like me, um, and you probably don't know anything about me, but if you're anything like me and you can imagine what I'm like, like my ranting and raving on this, uh, program that i advise you to never watch your roomba clean the house because it always gets out of places it gets stuck in but the process it goes through the getting out of those places is absolutely fucking infuriating i got mine set for three o'clock when i'm gone takes care of business See, the cats I, run away i'm i'm uh i'm a little uh i'm a little um i'm a little paranoid about letting that thing run when i'm not in the house hmm because I'm, I'm afraid it's going to get stuck on something. It's going to burn something out. So I always have it set for when I know I'm going to be home. I got everything cleared. Stuck. Everything's cleared out. Yeah. And then I have um, – it's the same thing with the – because one time I had the, the vacuum running in the pool, and I went to the gym, and I came back, and the vacuum wasn't running. And it was I, – I think it has a release valve, so the water just goes – because it run, the vacuum in the pool runs off of water pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think what was happening was is it was uh, – I think it pushes the water just straight out and doesn't turn the gears. And here the, the basket was filled up with gunk and it couldn't move anymore. And I wasn't home. So who knows how long it was going and who knows if it would have broke. And I was like, ah, no, this is way too much money. So I make sure I'm always home when, I, when these things run. So there's a lot of money. Chris, since you stole my news of the week with your own Roomba purchase, uh, what did you name your robot? Uh, um, my... Um, my name won't make sense to anyone. It only makes sense to one, two people in this three-person conversation. My Roomba has been named Munkin Must Clean. Munkin Must Clean, okay. okay. Yeah. And then when he cleans, you go on the app on your phone, and he's like the little brushes spinning on him, and the floor underneath him is moving. Very cool. Mine is called yeah. Hair Sucker Z. Oh, you got all that cat hair. Did, now, does yours have the dock with the vacuum yes, cleaner? Yes, it's amazing. Right? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, so does mine. 
It's supposedly I think gonna... if you're going to buy something like this, you buy the one that works the fucking best and not be cheap. Because I've been cheap in a lot of these situations and been really pissed off a week out of it. Yeah, we. Uh, my wife actually did all the legwork. She just went through millions and millions, as in 10 reviews, and uh, she picked the shark. Also, almost every review, you know, in the questions section, it would say, once someone would ask, will my cat ride this? <laughs> Which I thought was amazing. Because <laughs> I want my cats to ride it, but they're not. Oh, by the way, I'm Jim, and I talk about as many Japanese promotions as I can handle in a week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at wrestling is no at wrestling hardcore wrestling. Hey, I screwed it up. It's been a long time since I screwed it up. On Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. First up, NXT. Chris, what do you got good to talk about from NXT? Uh, yeah, this was actually a really good episode. Um, you know, ladies in the ring. Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, everything good that there is to be good about NXT. Um, so, first of all, I got to make a point here because um, the internet wrestling community is that what it's called? The W online wrestling. IWC uh, online oh uh, internet IWC AOL AOL dot com keyword IWC uh, loves Kenny Omega. And um, we all know my opinion. Uh, the show starts off with Adam Cole. Why is nobody ranting and raving about this guy like they're ranting and raving about Kenny Omega? Because this guy is fucking awesome Chris, at he everything he does. He didn't wrestle in Tokyo, though. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. And he was a member of the Bullet Club. I mean, it was the watered down about to break up Bullet Club. But he was a member and, 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 you know, that that aside, I mean, I'm watching this guy. He does a promo in the beginning of the show. Fucking amazing. He has a wrestling match against somebody I don't give a fuck about. Fucking amazing. That you know isn't going to win. Fucking amazing. And then he has an awesome promo after the fact. Fucking amazing. Yes. And everybody rants and raves about Kenny Omega, who looks like a fucking moron, talking to invisible cameras and microphones that aren't there, and taking forever to set up moves that take, like, you know, that he does in a split second. This um, weird slow to fast, slow to fast thing that he does. Uh, yes. Um, yes. The back the backstage segment. First of all, the Mr. Carmelo Hayes. Brandon, let, let me get your thoughts on this shit, though, on this match first. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Like guys that don't play by the rules, Adam Cole immediately comes out, says he's not calling out anybody. He's not playing by anybody's rules. You know, bought in. Uh, I didn't think Carmelo Hayes was bad. I, Chris says he doesn't give a fuck about him. I I uh, actually enjoyed him. I thought he did a good job, like, kind of coming in. Like you said, you know he's not going to win, but the match was still entertaining. Uh, you really need for me, like, if I'm watching NXT or any of these shows, honestly, at this point, we watch so much of it. If the first 10 minutes aren't good, I, ha- I have a hard time coming back into it. And the first 10 minutes of this were great. Mm-hmm. Well, match- I, I just – Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just want to add that the reason why I kind of lost interest in this Carmelo Hayes guy is he came out and did some weird throwback to John Cena's that was terrible. aggression thing. That was fucking and terrible. It, just took, it, it was completely unnecessary and took me right the fuck out. <laughs> but I will say I will say that the, the match itself was a little clunky at times, but this, this Carmelo Hayes guy is, like, brand new. Yeah. So it makes sense. But Adam Cole's so yeah, fucking but, good, dude. Yeah. He looked in trouble the whole match. I loved it. But but pissed that he was in trouble, and then the the at the end you know he's he's already said like oh I'm not I'm not 
following by your rules. I'm not going to do any of this stuff. And then William Regal's like, don't provoke Joe. We won't have any problems anymore. And he goes, you know what? I don't won't. I won't do it. I'm leaving. I'm sick of this. I'm not dealing yeah. with this anymore. And he just walks out. It was fucking great. Yeah, he was. He's he's behaving horribly, and it's awesome. And that's how bad guys behave. They don't go. Well, <laughs> Wow, this is you can't you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm talking to cameras and microphones that aren't here. I mean, I you know, I just I don't know. Uh, I, I guess it's just there's this discrepancy between people who are. Um, it's disproportionate people that are super pro AEW, and I think we'll get into that later and people who are super pro NXT and the people who are fans of the product that is really good and are not justifying that they're fans. They don't have to say anything. Right. Whereas the AEW fans, I'm starting to get this like feeling of this is great. This screaming at us that this is great, not because they want us to know that it's great, but they're trying to convince themselves that it's great. Yeah. Yeah, Also put another way, Adam Cole actually looks like a normal or behaves like a normal human being. You've Mm -hmm. seen people behave like that. You understand what he's doing. You can relate to what the story is and what he is feeling. If I'll tell you what, if I had, you know, uh, I'm in the bar business. If I had a person come into the bar and behave to talk to my bartenders or myself behind the bar as like Kenny Omega talks to a microphone, I would seriously think of calling somebody to come pick him up. <laughs> like I'd be like, listen, there's a there's a man here, and I think he's a danger to himself. <laughs> and, um, Next up. moving on. Yeah, go ahead. So now I don't know. We talked about this before. I don't know if this is a, this was a Hulu thing or if this was an NXT thing, but we had a um, a tag women's tag match between Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah, so the Robert Stone brand, and Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, mm-hmm. and it was very disjointed. It was very it, it, it was a simple match. It wasn't really much going on. So it's not like, oh, I lost something in the translation, but it was very disjointed. And I went and I kind of I kind of looked at, at the review, like a uh, not a review, but a recap of what happened on NXT last week to see if I missed something. And this was apparently a match that was riddled with commercial interruptions. And like like I believe um, we were saying AEW does on their YouTube show, Hulu cuts all that stuff out. Right. So it was a little janky. Obviously, who's going to win? You know, it's not going to be the Robert Stone brand, which, listen, I I came to the conclusion watching this match that Aaliyah couldn't. She's probably got a job forever. She couldn't be better at doing what she does is that's letting people getting beat up by people and losing. And she's so good at it. She looks good at it, though. She's so good at it. And look, it's like when you look at it. For years of watching, oh, he's a jobber. He's a jobber. I say it all the time, too. But it's like, it's television show. And there are people on, there's cannon fodder. Right? It has to be. If you watch, I always go back to Game of Thrones. Let's go to the movie Gladiator. And in the beginning, where they're fighting in the beginning in Germania, it's like, are you going to insult all the actors that played all the dudes that got killed? Because that's, you need that, right? So uh, we have this match. Io Shirai. And Zoe Stark get the win. I think it was pretty obvious, but um, the tag team champs, uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell come down. They're kind of, you know, calling them out from the ramp. 
Um, after they get the win, we get a little bit of a confrontation. Then we get um, we get uh, help me out here. Chaos. My brain's going. Well, we get chaos. All the main Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Raquel Gonzalez. The Kai, Kai come down. This is what I was getting stuck on. The Kai's name. Um, we get chaos, and then this is when the weirdness takes place. Samoa Joe comes out with every boob from the back, all, all the, the dudes. dudes, which they've been doing. Like, we always make fun of it, but that's something that they've been doing forever. If they did it when we were kids, except for when I was a kid and they did it, it was all the wrestlers. They were in their gear. It wasn't the wrestlers they weren't using dressed as security guys. So these guys were actually like, you know, it'd be like SD Jones and the other jobbers would come out <laughs> and fucking help out. But anyway, <laughs> these guys come out, they break it up, and then it faded away. And it was really weird. And I'm wondering if something got cut out to fit it into the hour of NXT because I didn't watch it on the regular broadcast. It just was like fade away, cut to Kushida talking about Kyle O'Reilly. Now, I, very... have a, I have a review right in front of me, and it says it just uh, officials were sent out to break up the action. That's it. Okay, so and it did just fade you away. You and I both watched the same version. I'm assuming Brandon did too. We didn't watch it live. We watched it on Hulu or whatever the Correct. Re- re- uh, repeat was. Then later on in the show, they announced that Stark and Shirai versus Gonzalez and Kai versus Moon and Blackheart is a number one yeah. contender match this week, as in tonight, to this face week, the tonight. way at the Great American Bash. So there you go. I, and I will give you this. Um, my favorite wrestler in the women's division in NXT, uh, Ember Moon, uh, is getting a lot more comfortable <laughs> in promos. So I'll give it to her. Yeah, it takes time sometimes. Yeah, she did that thing, which I love. It's great when it's in the right place where they said something and she said, "Oh, what?" <laughs> I like that stuff. So that I'm, I, I'm, this match should be fun to watch. Uh, leading Brandon, into uh, the American Bash. Brandon thoughts? Uh, I thought this was the worst match of the yeah, show. This, this Jesse, is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Jesse Kamea looked pretty sloppy, but uh, like Samoa Joe, like if he's going to be this enforcer guy now, he's at least got the enforcing done. You're like, okay, he actually stopped. <laughs> so that's all. I got. Whatever. This was a match that was there to um, put together this other match. That's, all it was. that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Put together the other match to put together the last match. Yeah. That's what else just you got? the first step in the ladder. Um, yeah. So then we get, uh, there was a tag match between Gargano and Austin Theory versus, the uh, Oni Lorcan and the creepiest of creeps now who just pops up and stares at Samoa Joe and leaves. <laughs> yeah, he's a creep. Dune? He's oh, such a, like, I'm, listen, I, this guy, I don't understand because this guy, it's almost like, you know, even in storytelling, what the storytelling fat, like whatever, I don't even know how to say it, but when you're telling a story this guy has consistently fallen short. Eventually, people stop taking you seriously, right? Oh, Pete Dunne's so tough. He's so tough. He's so tough. Loses the big match. He's so tough. Loses the big match. Tough, tough, tough. Loses the big match. Eventually, he just becomes loser. Mm. So whenever now it's like, you know, now I'm watching it. And he's like, oh, all right. So they're going to have, are they going to have somebody wrestle or attack Samoa Joe? And if that's the case, you're using the guy that, Keeps fucking losing. So I, it's just, I don't know. I, I am not, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this dude at all. Uh, I, think, I kind of get I think, like ready to change the channel whenever he comes on. I, I think to Pete Dunn's defense, he doesn't need me to defend him, but I think to Pete Dunn's defense, he is a 
upper mid-card guy that always will be a constant threat, but maybe wins something once in a while. Yeah. That's what his character is. He's finger-breaky guy that'll win a title once in a while, then go feud down bottom for a while. Yeah. You just said it. Like, yeah. we need bottom feeders. We need the mid-feeders, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because we're, we're about to go into another uh, into another mid-feeder. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. Thoughts? Yeah, on this tag match, uh, you know, it made sense. Austin Theory, he's getting his his fingers all busted up, and he starts using kicks and body shots to to get back into it. I appreciate the simple things like that, but for the most part, just not a bad match for the spot that it was in. I found it entertaining. I felt like it could have been a main event on a lot of NXTs that I've watched, but you know, kind of chalky, right? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I mean, I thought Austin Theory was great in it with the broken fingers. I think the way in general is one of the most entertaining things week to week. In, in yeah, they definitely are. I agree with that. I will say this, though. Um, now, I didn't see this once again because we were saying that we had uh, we all watched the Hulu version. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a match with Frankie Monet, and it was another squash match. Right? And we also had the, the main event, which I'm about to get to, which was a, was, was a great match. We didn't watch I this, though. Thought... Did you watch this? What, the match? No, Frankie Monet and Electro Lopez or whoever. No, no, no. Then why understand bring it what I'm don't bring it up. I don't, why are we going to talk about I'm it? Making a, cause I'm making a point. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Electro Lopez. All right, we'll just move on. Um, well, go ahead. What was the point you were going to make? Well, I'm the here. point is is that I think Kyle O'Reilly versus Koshida was too short. It could have been longer. It would have been better. Okay? And I think you could have put, put Frankie Monet in a better spot. This match went nowhere and did nothing. There was no point for Which this match? match on television. This tag Frank team match Oney. between Oni Lorkin oh, oh, oh. and and, and uh, the way with Oni Lorkin and Pete Dunne. Oh yeah, I mean we just we're just seeing the same thing over and over with all these guys. It was a good match, but I think that there were better matches that I saw on the on the full on what was on the full card that they cut out. Well, I think I think these that this guys were on. Doesn't didn't kill uh, what's the name Carrying Cross come out and like attack Gargano after the match or something? Right. Yeah, what, what does that even mean? I understand, right. but what does that even mean? I mean, I've been complaining about this for a while, that it's the same five white dudes fighting over the title. It's kind of boring at this point. So, Yeah, that's, yeah. All, that's all I'm getting at. It's just, we're, we're, now we're like, at least before there was somewhat of a point, like everything they did led to something, even though they were using the same guys over and over again. And this time I was kind of like, you know, it was whatever, however long the match was, it was like, do we really need to see this? I... Like, I found this is myself actually a good point right now. I'm sorry, Brandon. This is actually a good point right now that, you know, hey, maybe dial it back on a few guys. Mm-hmm. This way, when you see him next time, you're not like, oh, fuck, I just saw these guys last week. And we'll talk about we'll talk about something that came up in the news recently after we review this. But go ahead, Brandon. Uh, yeah, and we could talk about this, what I'm about to say and during AEW as well. But I found myself, especially this week, like, resigned to the fact that storyline wise, Everything is just chalk all the time, and I'm not very compelled by any of these storylines and results. I was just trying to watch, like, the matches themselves, <laughs> just, like, in the enjoy within the match what's going on. And uh, NXT, in that sense, I thought was good this week. Like, and it's actually same with AEW, but I didn't. I thought they had a, a couple good matches during the show. But storyline-wise, I'm just like, ugh. You know, you, you could look at the card and predict every single thing that, that's going to happen. <laughs> You, cor- you predicted the main event? That's amazing. <laughs> I had no idea that anybody was going to come out at the end. Yeah, right. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> we ready? Yeah, okay. All right, so main event. Um, Kyle O'Reilly gets the win over Kushida. 
I mean, these two, I, I think we can all agree that these two are like top of their game. They're both great. Um, I didn't realize why it was a non-title match. Very odd, but I guess it was to move the story along that they were going to go with. Uh, countered each other's finishers. It was very exciting. Once again, I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't realize it was non-title until I was in like halfway through the match. I couldn't understand what was going on. Uh, but like I said before, it just felt a little rushed. I think they could have had more time with this match, um, especially with these two. Kyle O'Reilly gets the win. Afterwards, he gets attacked by Adam Cole again. Um... Now, I'm right in saying that he was, yes, he was told that, Adam Cole was told that he had to wrestle Kyle O'Reilly again at the Great American Bash, so I could see why he would come out and attack him. Um, They go, Samoa Joe corrals everybody, gets everybody out of the building, leaves Kushida in the middle of the ring, and Kushida gets attacked by a man wearing the great, the right gear you're going to wear when you're going to punch somebody, go get into a fist fight, and that's a sweatshirt pulled down around your eyes and tied into a knot so you can't see anything. Um, we used to call that the ET, remember? Yes. He. <laughs> or just your face. He, the bottom of your face is sticking out. So, yeah. So, um, he turns out, it takes his head off. He turns out it's Roderick Strong. He's joined by uh, Tyler Rust, yeah, who Tyler, I don't Tyler even know Rust. who that is. Right. Yeah. I had to do research on him and didn't find anything that I even really felt like sharing. Uh, and Hideki Suzuki, which is awesome, which is awesome. Do you see his fucking ear? Yeah, he's fucking, a fucking ear monster. It looked like a clam on the side of his head. Um, and apparently they're being uh, managed by Michael Bibbins of yes. Bell Biv DeVoe fame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who that is. Malcolm Bivens. He was Bivens, around before. He, he was, was in Ring of somebody, Honor. Right? He was in Ring of Honor for years. Oh, that's right. That's where I knew him from. And Watching he's been Ring bouncing, of Honor on YouTube. He's been bouncing around in NXT. But, you know, in classic NXT, sometimes you just got it. You're looking for your right moment to shine. Right. And he's been bouncing around, and now he's with the Diamond Mine. I guess this is his his faction. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get into that today. We're kind of talking about the Diamond Mine for... You know, a few weeks on end, they were showing commercials. I honestly, to be honest with you, I thought Diamond Mine, they were going to start making MMA gear and selling it, like tap out. <laughs> they were I really did. I had no idea because they were showing like cages and, and you would see like hands getting taped and wrapped up. And I was like, oh, wait, are they going to start selling? Is JC Penny going to start selling MMA gear next to the tap out gear? <laughs> I didn't know. I had no idea. Brandon got that. Um, yeah, pump for Hideki Suzuki. Uh, I was looking up some pictures of him, and they, he's very often wearing nothing but just tight purple trunks, and he's got that Minoru Suzuki body. I, I really hope that he's wrestling NXT in nothing but just purple underwear. Do you remember when he signed, and I had mentioned, like, it'd be cool if he yep. went with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chiampa's buddy. Yeah, Tim Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher. I was like, man, if he went with Timmy Thatcher, it'd be amazing. Shoot fighter dudes. Go ahead, Brandon. No, that's it, man. Yeah, I'm ex- excited to see him. I don't know a ton about him, but looking forward to it. The Diamond Mine at J.C. Penny, <laughs> right, right next to Tap Out. Um, <laughs> no fear. I am um, okay. So, Jim, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Tap Out wasn't No Fear. Tap Out was InYourFace.com. No, I said no fear as in a different brand. Oh, we're going to see. Brand. We're going to see later in our retro the no fear brand. Um, 
So the thing that makes no sense here for me is, okay, I didn't know it was uh, no title on the line, but you still didn't need Kushida to lose. And having Kushida lose clearly puts the Cruiserweight champion way below everybody on the main card. It, it made no sense. Like, if you're going to have Adam Cole and you're going to have the Diamond Mine come out, why have Kushida lose? Just do it a couple seconds before Kushida loses. You'll piss off everybody because everybody's going to be mad that the, the, the match was interfered with, and you get a big reveal. It makes no sense. Why do you, WWE is they they love having this cruiserweight title and bringing it back and resurrecting it, but then they immediately have no problem burying it and saying it's not as good as the other title. Doesn't make any sense. Thoughts, Chris? I'm uh, 100% in agreement with you. It made no sense at all. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, like, and you hear wrestlers talk about this on a regular basis that they have thrown around that cruiserweight title for years, and it's always been the shits. It, it, the cruiserweight title hasn't really been anything since the WCW days. I mean, let's they be honest. They basically just released the entire roster that they signed for the cruiserweight classic and the cruiserweight division and 205 Live. Why? I don't get it. I don't get why. Fucking Vince, man. He thinks if you're small, they you need can't to have. Fight. If you can't fight, yeah, they need... you can't, if you're below a certain size, you can't fight. Only people like Adam Bomb and Triple H are good at fist fighting. That's it. <laughs> oh, and I, I did, I did have, a, I did have a, a bit of news that I discovered. So apparently, because we were talking about this last week, apparently uh, Samoa Joe, uh, he, out of his own words, he was fired. You know, he was let go. He was let out of his contract. Where'd you see this? I saw this. It was off a podcast. I was reading it off of a podcast that it was. I just was googling <laughs> Samoa Joe. Chris was reading the podcast. Hold on, no, no, no. What was the podcast name? I don't remember. No, oh. I don't care. It's just I funny. Was, I just classic. googled. I just googled the Samoa Joe firing. It popped up, and I looked on a site, and I was reading a quote from a podcast that he was on. Okay. Out of I'm his own mouth. Of your your old man description of just going. I was reading the podcast. <laughs> Don't get mad. <laughs> so continue, God. So um, yeah, he said that he was fired. You know, he was let out of his contract, and um, he uh, he went around. Th- he was sending texts like thanking everybody, good working with you, blah 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 blah, and then got a text back from Triple H saying, "I'm just getting out of the meeting. I'm going to call you in a minute." And then Triple H rehired him for NXT. Right. So he has this ability. Like, this is the rumored ability of Triple H, too, that he controls NXT and that he has the power to hire and fire. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Any final thoughts on uh, on um, NXT? Chris? No, I think we covered it. Brandon? One thing I did want to say. Go ahead. I didn't talk about that last match itself. Last week I was talking about this MMA cage fight, and I was like, boy, how do you even get away with something like that? I was kind of at a loss. This Kushido Riley was like a work to MMA match. It was like tons of clean submissions and working through them. It's like, oh yeah, you, you know they didn't announce it as such, but that's what I what I was thinking. I was watching most of the match. It's like you. Hello. We lost. Can you hear me? I lost you for a second. Sorry. I cut out. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. Just repeat that last sentence, please. Yeah, so I was just saying, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, you can go through submissions and, and have it be believable and almost look like mixed martial arts. It doesn't have to be f- 
fucking cartoonish. No. This wasn't sold as such, but that was what I was thinking while I was watching it. Maybe they were like, oh, we just watched that work to shoot. Uh, let's put some guys that can actually, actually work shoot in. We'll put them yeah. in. <laughs> they were like, let's do this. All right, let's move on. Um, some news. Some stuff popped up today. First up, Vince reportedly was at the Performance Center looking for talent for his roster that is now supposedly depleted. Vince was physically at this Performance Center. Really? That's that's what the report says. I don't know if there's any truth to it. It's a wrestling report. So, Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross. Goodbye, Carrying Cross. It was good seeing you. He's going to the main. You know what I mean? Like, like who, who of those top crop guys? Which, Chris, who do you think besides Carrying Cross would go? Give give me two more names. Cross and Reed. Right. We did we even talk about that last week? Did them working yeah. dark matches? Yeah. Yeah. So Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. He doesn't need any women. He's not going to take any women. Um, because if you're not fighting for championship in the women's division, then you don't matter. I don't know. What about Gonzalez? <sighs> no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I, right now, it's almost like. Vince probably sees it like there's too many women. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, if you're not fighting for a championship, you don't matter. And they have plenty of people that they're they're well staffed. Yes. Right. So you don't say take like a let's think of somebody a Dana Brooke who I think is probably like the lower end talent wise of their women's roster. You don't just replace her with somebody else because they're better, they can work better because you don't need that person. She doesn't matter anyway. Just leave the person that's there. Right. Right. All that matters is Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Bianca Belair, Oscar. That's pretty much it. And Natalie Eva Marie. Because, you know, do drop. She's hot. And then, uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, a third person. I'm going to go out on a limb. Adam Cole. Okay. Uh, the only reason I'm saying this is that the series of events, he loses again to Kyle O'Reilly. He's gone. Right. I mean, we also have to assume that some of these people are already planned to go up to the main roster after yeah. WrestleMania. So it's just a matter of time, right? Yeah, and uh, Adam Cole will get turned into a manager. <laughs> he can't fight, he's too small. Brandon, you got any ideas besides the uh, three that Chris just named? Mm, no, I, I really don't. I don't know. I know Vince cares about size and size only, so it's like uh, out of these guys, the one I would be the most interested in is, is Adam Cole. Uh, I don't know. Would he do Dakota Kai? I don't know. No, that's somebody that would like. If anybody's going to take Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah, because she's huge, and he's probably like, yes, this is what a real fighting woman looks like. Look it's at her back. Striation. Striation. That was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about some of these uh, WWE releases, which I think I have a list of. I might have, I might have backed up. I don't know. I mean, there's. No offense to the people being released, but I'm not surprised by a single one of them, right? Fandango. I didn't realize Fandango's been with them for like 20 years. Yeah, he came on the. He was in. He was in Tough Enough. No, he was in one of the first NXT seasons. Yeah. Back when they used was, to be like a game show. Yeah, and then he wrestled. He beat Jericho at Mania. Yeah. That was when Undertaker told Jericho, "You getting paid?" 
then do the job. What do you care? Yeah, right. <laughs> he was all salty. I'm losing to Fandango. And Undertaker's like, you're getting paid for it. Shut up and do the job. And he's like, right. no, yeah, you're right. I guess you're right. Right. Tyler Breeze, who said he probably won't wrestle again when he leaves. The uh, the Bollywood boys are leaving. Goodbye. Were the Bollywood boys ever there? Yeah, they were up and down. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like, you know, that was that was a... That's back to your original point, to a uh, Cruiserweight classic, classic guys, all fired. Yeah, all gone. All of them. Pretty much they're all gone. I think it's... Uh, Drew Gulak still around. Kira Tozawa, I think, was after the Cruiserweight Classic, but like Tony. No, he Nese. was he was on it. Oh, he was. Tony Nese was released in this last round. Goodbye, mm-hmm. Cruiserweight Classic. It's gone. Goodbye. Yeah, Tony Nese, who in no fucking world in this dimension weighed under two hundred five fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you, he you weighs know, under 205 pounds on the moon. That's about it. 245 live. Yeah. They when they first uh, announced it all, and you had Zack Sabre Jr. and Kota Ibushi in it, you're thinking like, are they going to go to WWE? And both of them said, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I, I don't really need this right now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Right. You got any thoughts, Brent? The only thing that I um, was curious about with this, like when I read the list, I'm like, this looks like what you would expect a WWE cuts list to look like. Like all the guys that you're just like, I didn't even know they were still there. Uh, Brizongo was the only one that, again, I didn't even know they were still there, but I was like, these guys could still be on the show. They were entertaining when they're on the show. A lot of the stuff on them uh, that they put on cable is just like cartoonish, childish laughter they fit perfectly in with that. They couldn't find anything for those guys. But the, what I was curious about was the timing of who, when they released who. And it's like, so they started off with the huge names, and then all of a sudden at the end they trickle out like who you'd expect them to cut. I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering why Braun Strowman got fired before the Bollywood Boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, did you guys hear about this uh, writer that got hired by WWE that was didn't know anything about WWE? Well, she got fired. <laughs> she did. She did an interview where she. Uh, her name was. Uh, what's her name? Her name is. Um. Uh. Kenise Mobley. So she gets hired. Uh. For comedic talent. She's worked on a couple of. Uh, TV shows and stuff. She gets hired. Uh. Basically goes on a podcast. Says yeah, she got hired. And she didn't know anything about. It. She didn't know who the champion was. She didn't know shit. And then she got let go because they embarrassed WWE. Chris, thoughts? This is probably not going to be a pot. First of all, like I said to you guys before, she fucking broke kayfabe. She just <laughs> ruined the business. Um, so I – this is probably not going to be a popular opinion, but I would have fired her too. Okay. I think – Brandon? I was going to say, I think I actually agree with you, Chris, just for the simple reason that it doesn't matter where you work. It's just somehow if you make the news by saying, I don't know anything about where the fuck I work, didn't care about it, but I took it as a job. That's just not a good. It's good not news. smart. It's not, it's not, not a smart. Good not smart. You know, I don't and, I definitely um, if I can chime in, I don't I, I don't think that you need to know, like if you go work for, uh, I don't know, marketing for, let's say, uh, HR for Wawa that you need to know everything about Wawa, but you shouldn't go and tell if you get an interview that, man, Wawa hired me. I don't know shit about Wawa. Probably shouldn't yeah, do exactly. that. 
just yeah, you know, it's just bad. It just yeah. it's stupid as an employee to talk to pretty much talk badly about your employer in a public forum. Well, I mean, you know, I've worked some crap jobs as a uh, in the service industry during my um, let's call them formative years uh, for an eight year period or I'm sorry, uh, for a period of years that ended about eight years ago, whatever. Um, and uh, I bounced from job to job uh, because nobody liked me. And um, <laughs> I took a job with a let's call this place uh, Syracuse crazy thighs mm. and um <laughs> worst place i ever fucking worked in my life but that being said um you get told if you post bad if you say negative things about this place on your facebook page or on your social media we can and will fire you yep so i mean you know that's a standard practice i think for major corporations like that <laughs> please I, don't I, sue me please don't I, sue me buffalo I don't know if uh, – it's kind of funny because this was in the news and this just came to my head. This is in the local news or something. I'm not going to name any names. but um... Syracuse crazy. Like... <laughs> Syracuse crazy. Syracuse crazy so thighs. Funny. Crazy thighs. <laughs> crazy thighs. Um, recently, um, something popped up in the news which reminded me of this story. So uh, I once – I used to work at a bar. And a bar not too far away I went into – and I got in an altercation with the management, we'll call them the management, where I elbowed and low kicked and then elbowed the manager again, over and over again. And then the next day, and I got thrown out, deservedly so. You shouldn't beat up the owner of the bar. I got thrown out, and then the next day they called my my job at the time, and they said, you got to fire this guy. You go fire him. You got to let him go. He can't act like that. He's representing your company. And the guy who was in charge said, was he wearing, our, he said, was he wearing our uniform? He said, uh, no. He said, then what the fuck do I care? <laughs> so if she, yeah. had, if she hadn't thrown WWE under the bus the way she did, she would have gotten away with it, I think. She could have beaten up the manager. <laughs> That's my take. Thank you. Let me just let it. me just add let me just add that this human being that Jimmy's talking about right. Wait 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 wait. We're not saying names. We don't even know if they're human. No. They don't look. But, human. Okay. They don't look human. This this um, mutant that <laughs> that Jimmy's speaking about. Uh, I'm not afraid to say, and I know I won't get fired for it. Uh, deserves to be low kicked and elbowed in the face every fucking morning of his life. Okay. Well. Yes. And the <laughs> person that wouldn't fire Jimmy is. One of the greatest human beings that ever lived in my yeah, opinion. He's amazing. That's it. Love you, buddy. I can tell you, I can tell you that I'm almost a decade into a career of, of taking jobs that I I knew nothing about going into and pretending <laughs> pretending that I did so that I could get them. That works. You can do that. But mm -hmm. if you, I somehow made a internet news by saying that I got a job at X place, having no clue what I was doing. That's a different story. That's just how things work, man. You, the, they they will hire you not knowing anywhere but when you make news by saying that you don't know shit that's a different problem They're right like, you lied on your resume sir <laughs> yeah, sure you're going to be released from oh, did i say it again <laughs> uh, oh you stole it i was i planned on doing that later <laughs> on in the show fuck man speaking of getting fired 
So the Melts reported that Canyon Seaman. Are you familiar with who Canyon <laughs> Seaman is? I know. It's I know. a name that's impossible not to laugh at. Chris, do you know who Canyon Seaman is? Yeah, Canyon Seaman, if I'm not mistaken, was the Yeti, wasn't he? No, uh, no he Canyon Seaman was a professional beach volleyball player who is in charge of player personnel something for a WWE, WWE uh, Performance Center. Brandon, are you familiar with Canyon Seaman? No, if you asked me who Canyon Seaman was, I would bet a million dollars that he was up for AVN Male Performer of the Year. Why? Because his name is Canyon or because his name is Seaman? <laughs> both. Both. So Canyon that's Seaman. A, Meltz that's a made reported, up name. Meltz reported that he was let go. Well, guess what? He wasn't. Meltz didn't know. Canyon Seaman was not fired by WWE. Meltzer made it up. So – all right, so I was all right. So that was a guess on my part, and I was wrong. But I always assumed that he was a wrestler. The way that they talked about him, that yeah. went into the front office. Nope. And yeah, and for some reason, I attached him to the Yeti. The Yeti was Ron Rice. Yes, Ron Reese. You're thinking of Canyon, Yeti, who was a wrestler, who R.I.P. I believe. I'm yeah, Canyon was. I'm thinking of Canyon, but I'm also thinking for some reason you hear him talk about Canyon Seaman. I thought he was like a wrestler that made his way into. Front office at the end of his career. Okay. Speaking of speaking of lying on your resume, just pulled up Canyon Seaman. So he was after he retired from his beach volleyball career, he became the CFO of the AVP, which is the Association of Volleyball Professionals. He then that closed in August 2010. 19, 19 months later, backed into a job as the senior director of talent development for WWE. He had How to the know, hell did he that? had to know somebody <laughs> like he had to know somebody. When you said AVP, I was going to be like adult video production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kenny, it's even you were born to do this. He's All been right. Dancing around his whole life. <laughs> last. Uh, uh, oh, good job. Melts, by the way, for fucking up that uh, report. Also, last on our list, something that just popped up before we started recording. That I just noticed. <clears throat> Are you guys familiar with Sasha Banks? Yes. Have you ever heard of her? Heard of her. Yes. Are you like in love with her like I am? No. Well, I'm glad you're not because your heart would be broken because she was on social media liking anti-vax videos. R.I.P. Sasha Banks. It was good knowing you. <laughs> Welcome to the I world of being canceled. <laughs> thoughts. Brandon, thoughts. Sasha Wirtz. Sasha Wirtz. <laughs> This is just a, a this is the same conversation we just had. I don't care what you think. You lie, do whatever you do, whatever you do. Don't, yeah, don't mail don't your fucking it. pops when it's time to sell them on eBay. Just fuck it. Don't go on a <laughs> podcast and tell people. Yeah. It's almost now. And for me, when I think about it nowadays, it's almost become. So you have to do one of two things. There's only and and and. So. To me, it's being an anti-vaxxer is now if you're if you're so fucking clueless, right? Let me see how I can say this right. Let me just put a stat out what? there. Let me just put a stat out there for you, Chris. Mm-hmm. And I think the number came back where 90% of deaths by COVID-19 are people who were not vaccinated. It might have been even closer to 100%. 
Okay, that doesn't surprise me. I'm not well, an anti-vaxxer. Well, the thing is, is <laughs> to our listeners out there, if you're arguing with us right now, go, but nanobots and alien technology and Bill Gates, how's he going to pay for the divorce? <laughs> I'm just putting this out there. <laughs> Why but, would he need our money? Why would he need our money? He needs government money as opposed to the money he has. Because All right, no, yeah. but what I'm going to say is this, okay. <laughs> Being an anti-vaxxer, all right, I'm just going to be blunt. Being an anti-vaxxer, I think it's fucking stupid. Okay, so we're going to start there. But now that the vaccines have been out there and that you've seen what has happened to people who are anti-vaxxers, whether it's right or wrong, you should it, know. It, it is wrong. Keep your fucking mouth. Okay, it's wrong. No, 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 no. Hold on. If you are an anti-vaxxer, you're going to think it's wrong that somebody's going to fucking tell you you went out there and said you're an anti-vaxxer and you're fired. You're going to think that you were done done oh, dirty. Right, right, right. Okay. right okay. Understand what I mean. So whether you think it's right or wrong, understand it is that's what it is. So to me, it's even stupider to be like, you know what? I'm going to start saying how vaccines are going to fucking take over the world. And then I'm going to be mad that I got fired and expect to keep my fucking job. Well, she'll keep, her, she'll keep her job. Oh, Jackson, sure. Jackson Riker is still working there. <laughs> well, they also they also had, um, you know, she's uh, they'll just, you know, they'll disappear. That's all they do. Yeah. And they didn't disappear. Jackson Riker. Well, they did. They I mean, did. Nobody's watching. It, yeah. Right. No, they disappeared. No, he just wrestled a stra- in, a, in a strap match. No, they didn't. He? When he did it, the, he disappeared ah, okay, for a while. And now he him. came back. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even make any money. Go ahead, Brandon. He doesn't even make them any money. No. Hulk Hogan's hosted WrestleMania. He dropped yeah. N-words all over the place. He dropped N-bombs. Um, so what was I going to say? Oh, so, yeah, I, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, at this point, it's like, you know what, man? Just keep your fucking mouth shut. But the other thing is, and this is just proven, if you do two things, you either disappear or you just don't say shit after you do something stupid, it disappears. You just got to wait for the news cycle to pass you. And then okay. all of a sudden you're, you're, I mean, I was watching TV and I saw fucking Charlie Sheen on a goddamn commercial. This is a guy who had fucking sex knowingly with women while being HIV positive. Hey, we just forgot about that. You know, fuck it. Just come he's under on the there bridge at this point. Just he's come under, under yeah. the bridge. He's, he's on there with his dad selling some fucking app for prescriptions. Brandon, go ahead. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just lazy or overwhelmed with information or what. You guys can tell me what you think about this, but I'm getting to a point where I'm just over people that have hot takes about any like social or political issue. I don't I don't want to hear anybody's hot conspiracy-esque take about anything. I just don't care. Just get the fucking shot. Move on with your life. No one's going to kill you. If they do kill you, where it should happen to everybody. What? Why are you wasting your mental energy on this bullshit? It makes you look like an idiot. I, despite the the science part of it, I'm just so socially uninterested in these like hot takey people. Yeah, that's that's uh, part of Twitter in particular, where you have people who have a check mark next to their name because I don't know they're a celebrity or whatever the fuck earns you a check mark, but they usually work in like the realm of yeah, no shit. They say things that are like, yeah, no shit, usually. And then we're supposed to be like, oh, that's so true. Oh, that's so true. Like, 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 retweet, retweet. And, like, the reason why it's, yeah, that's so true is because it's no shit. If you're on one end of it, influencer-wise. Then if you're on the back end of it, 
And if you do something stupid, like Sasha Banks, and you go and like fucking, then it's like, oh no, you're a horrible person. You should be fucking canceled from society. The question is, at what point does WWE, my question for you guys, starts coaching these fucking idiots on what to do? Like they, why are they? It's almost like you meet your hero. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing where it's like if you meet your hero, then you're going to be disappointed. Don't ever meet yeah. the gods because they're just going to be like you. Yeah. Like someone like Sasha Banks is going to be like, she's got, you know, millions of followers online. And then she does something like this. And all of a sudden, you know, th- this is something that's like really stupid and really important. And WWE is putting out all this all this money and advertising and for getting vaccinated. And then she does something like this, like. Is there a possibility she gets suspended or something like that because of this? Well, I, it, a similar story that came out right before this, I saw Drake Wirtz. I apologize, Wirtz's I was bouncing post. all over the place there. Sorry about that. No, no, I, I get what you're saying. Drake Wirtz posted on Instagram that he was fired for standing up for his beliefs and, and posted a text from James Laurinaitis saying, if you can show proof of your vaccine, you come into the WWE facilities, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. If you don't have a vaccine, you still have to get your temperature taken and wear a mask in front of people. That was it. And, it, and his whole take on it was that he was fired for his beliefs and this is bullshit it's like these people are are running at this ridiculous regime. It's like that's why they're not coaching anyone, because if you make the smallest step towards reasonability, someone one of these psychos that's hiding on the roster is going to post the whole thing online. And then you're going to lose 20 percent of your audience because 20 percent of your audience is anti-vax. Right. And they're they're trying to just keep money coming in the door and just okay. crossing their fingers. I, yeah, it's it's. Uh... First of all, it's carnival that they work at, so it doesn't attract people who are, um, I don't know, that uh, there's a, it attracts a lot of people who, I don't know how to put this without sounding cruel, but are fucking weird. Stupid. Yeah. And uneducated. Uneducated is a big one. A lot of them are uneducated. Yeah, uneducated. Um, and I've said this countless times since we've started doing this podcast. They exist in a universe that is totally separate than the universe that the rest of the world exists in. They exist in wrestler universe. If you look, it's all these guys, every one of them. Oh, everything they did was bad. No, you got fired. Right. Look inward. Maybe you'll see what happened. You was it because you wouldn't wear a mask or maybe you wouldn't get a vaccine or maybe it was because you were in city council meetings in your fucking uniform talking about well, the children and the children. Back to the uniform. Yeah. Don't wear a uniform. uniform. There you go. And probably while he was supposed to be fucking doing something at work. The lesson right? here. I don't know this for a fact, but he was wearing his WWE shirt. So he's probably at work and he was probably supposed to be doing his fucking job, whatever that is, and not being at a city council meeting. The lesson here <laughs> is. If you want to keep your job and murder someone, don't wear your work uniform. Yeah, I was going to say, if you work at Best Buy and you want to pull your dick out in public, take your shirt off first, then wiggle your dick, then put it back, then go around the corner like Spider-Man and put your shirt back on. There you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Also, stop with your controversial opinions. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear. Nobody gives a shit. when you were saying that about the hot take, I say this all the time because, you know, I go to the gym and they have ESPN on and I bitch and moan about this constantly. And the biggest thing is 
is I'm so sick of looking at people that are going to tell me how it is. Especially people that are just like, in general, which is what we're doing right now in this podcast. (laughs) I'm sick of it. Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck it. Chris Weekly has found a way to uh, bury the podcast inadvertently. <laughs> the podcast bury genre. Bury the podcast. Bury, uh, bury the, 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 the we're genre. We're not telling you how it is. We're, this, we are not telling anybody how it is. Because we're is fucking trivia. morons and we know it. At least we admit this it. This is trivia. It's wrestling. It's we can. I'll say whatever I want about wrestling. I don't, I don't. Nobody cares what I think about the, the president. Just shut up. I don't, nobody cares. Or who, whatever it is, the, the the vaccine. Nobody cares. I promise you. Whoever you think cares doesn't care. They don't give a the shit. The deep state is listening. The pizza place. There's children under there. All right, let's move on. This week, for our wrestling rewind retro, it was my choice, and I was sick and tired of AEW's attempts at work shoots. So I went for a real shoot involving a wrestler. So if you guys are listening at home and you haven't watched yet. Two wrestlers. Don Fry's a wrestler? Pro wrestler? No, Don Fry wrestled in New Japan. He did? Hold on. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get into that. It might it might be the uh, the uh, Inoki days where I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it was. It was definitely the Inoki days. So I'm going inter- to, do you want me to interrupt you and tell you the story? Hold on. Let where me, do you uh, want to go? Let me just dive let into you this first. So if you're gonna yeah. watch it, if you're gonna watch at home, uh, turn on or uh, do, put in the Google machine. Type in Don Fry versus Yoshihiro Takayama. It's from Pride 21. The exact date is June 23rd, 2002. It happened in Saitama Super Arena. Chris, go ahead. What am I going with? My telling you the Don Fry story in New okay. Japan or my opinion? Yeah, yeah. How about if I do that? How about if I start with this? So. Yeah. With the fight, this fight was originally supposed to be Don Fry versus Dan Coleman. That's someone's name, right? Dan Coleman? Mark Mark, Mark, Mark Coleman. Coleman. Mark Coleman. So, <laughs> there's, sorry, to the Dan Coleman. sorry to the Dan Coleman's out there. I'm thinking of Dan Henderson. Mark Coleman. So uh, this was supposed to be against Seven. Mark Coleman. And Mark Coleman got hurt. So Takayama ended up taking this fight on one week's notice. Go ahead, Chris, about uh, Don Fry. All right, yeah, so I just learned this from Don Fry uh, listening to him on a podcast last week. He said that he was uh, – that Anoki wanted Brock Lesnar. This is before Brock Lesnar was in WWE. In what, Pride? In, no, in, in New Japan. Okay, let's talk about that at the end then. Okay. Because right, we'll yeah, talk about ahead. where Takayama is at this point and everything too. Yeah, okay. So we'll talk about right, the match and then we'll talk about that at the end. Sure. Good? All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so first up, uh, the announcer in his pointy-ass fucking head was amazing. Uh, Don Fry coming to the ring, uh, beckoning to the crowd. I think, um, I don't know who the announcer was. He was definitely uh duga da duga da the kickboxing, Dutch kickboxing Oh, it was guy. Boss Rutten was Boss Rutten and the other guy. I think it's Boss Rutten or the other guy says he's that Don Fry is an all-American hero. I thought that was amazing. This was great. Right, what yeah. There was so much pro wrestling involved in the beginning of this, where it's just like a build. He came down on a lift, cruising to the ring. And, uh, yeah, the fight happens, and uh, it's a fucking nightmare. 
They beat the living shit out of each other for fucking like 15 minutes. Chris, thoughts? So, um, yeah. Uh, first of all, people like you know people that didn't see Pride, I don't think realized how fucking big Pride was. Pride was huge. Yeah, I actually yeah. rented this. Uh, I don't know what time it was. Two o'clock in the morning in, on the East Coast in the United States. I watched the shit yeah. live. Pride. <laughs> I, I think Pride, it's fair to say it's bigger than the UFC, right? Oh, by far. At that time. By far. Pride. Pride. Then hold on. Pride. Yeah, I would say Pride. Then was bigger than the UFC is arguably now. Hmm. UFC is still playing, you know, seventeen thousand seat arenas. They were playing Sy Thomas Super Reason and selling it the fuck out. Yeah, which is a huge baseball um, stadium. It's massive. Yeah. Uh, they were they were also this is what year was this Jim? 2002. So this is 2002. So this is UFC. I, I, I'm just going to take a stab. Probably 15 something like that was in that era, and UFC I, was about to shut the fuck down at this point. I can Go tell ahead. you, last fight fight before that was UFC eight. So we went from okay. UFC eight to that. So it's right okay. around that. Right. So. They, um, let's say, so we, all right, so UFC 8, we'll say. This is before Dana White. This is before Zuffa. This is before the uh, Fertitta brothers and all the money that came in. Uh, people forget that UFC was on its way out. UFC was a fucking, becoming a clown show. Um, they couldn't draw anybody. Nobody was paying attention to it. And the only thing that saved them was the Ultimate Fighter. Right. The uh, it was show. a reality show that brought them back. And that was they paid to put that on Spike like it was an infomercial. They were like, just give us some time. Um, and then if you notice that, that then UFC went on Spike after that. But um, I don't real think quick, people real realize. Quick, me, how- can I chime in for a second? Yeah. Just some background on Pride. Uh, Pride was um, was originally created as a platform for professional wrestlers to battle other martial arts. Very, very similar to, uh, um, what's the other big one that was over there? I can't remember. UWFI? UW, UWFI. So it was. It started out that way, and before you know it, there was a lot of money involved. And as we learned later on, a lot of Yakuza money involved that um, funded this. So there was a lot of paydays in front of huge crowds, in international crowds with international talent. So this was like the draw. People wanted to fight there because first you could get paid and also you could be seen all around the world. And you could, and they had merch, which UFC didn't have merch. No, they, and what merch they finally came out with was absolute trash. was fists punching or whatever the fuck that, that yeah, image is. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, continue. And I, yeah, I'll let you know too. Um, you know, the rumor is, or it's been said kind of wink, wink, was that, you know, in the pride contracts, they actually said, we do not drug test. Right, so it makes sense. So these like guys Mark could, Kerr you know, could just go over there. And here's the other thing. One of the things about what people don't realize is that one thing's that one thing that the one of the main things that steroids do to you is they help you recover. Right. So when you get into a fucking smash each other's face in with uh, Takayama and Don Fry, you know your body's fucked up. You do steroids, you can get back into the game a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that was the thing. And the paydays were absolutely huge for these guys. Yeah. Um, and then, if I'm not mistaken, Don Fry went to get his last payday from from Pride and the police were waiting for him mm-hmm. because they had locked up the guy who ran it. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, this is like, this is the ultimate, and we're still in that era at this point. And I, I'm kind of rambling. I apologize. We're still in that era that at this point, which mixed martial arts still had, because you still had your tank habits and guys like that. It still had that messy, tough guy, uh, tough man competition uh, air to it. And that's essentially what this match was. Let me let me interject Don, though. Let me interject though. Yeah, go ahead. The early UFCs were tough man competitions. One hundred percent. Yes. At this point, when Pride is around in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, now we've reached a point where it's um, sideshow stuff, where you would have yes. a man who is eight feet tall wrestle a small wrestler or giant fat. Shell, giant fat guys. You know what I mean? Like it would just be like. It was more of a, it was more of they were self aware of what it was. Like you want to see a wild yes. ass match, we're gonna have it, as opposed to the early UFCs where it was like, this is battling a bar tough guy versus, uh, uh you know what's uh, Bruce Lee's uh, martial art? Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune Do, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> this was more of they embraced the sideshow aspect, which speaks to the pro wrestling aspect of Pride. Right. And I think they, I think I heard somewhere that they found out that the pro wrestlers found out very early, like, yeah, we don't want to be part of this. Mm. You know, we're essentially very physical actors. We don't want anything to do with this fucking <laughs> shit. Right. Like, I, I, look, I don't give a shit how much you pay me. I ain't stepping in a ring with fucking Don Fry. Right. Ain't it was, happening. It was, it was Takayama he did and yeah, Fujita who's still wrestling. He wrestles in Noah. And, right. And uh, Sakuraba who wrestles in Noah. They were the only ones that were like legit held toe to toe with some of these guys, some of these UFC well, guys, which or not UFC guys, uh, MMA guys. Well, Sakuraba actually is a legit catch wrestler too. Right. I mean, he's a legit lunatic. I've heard stories about that guy that are just like, you know, this is a guy that would never stop drinking. We just was a com- com- complete drunk while he was in camps. Like he didn't give a fuck, so, and he kicked the shit out of everybody. That's how good he was. Um, but back to it, like, yeah, this is actually one of those fights that. Are, um, you know, one of the weirdest things about being an MMA fan is I don't know how you feel about Brazos Brandon, but when I I want to see now being somebody who's in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and into grappling, and I respect the grappling, that I'm not one of these knuckleheads that boos and gets mad when they're on the ground. I enjoy that because I understand what's going on. I know what I'm looking for, and I know what I'm looking at, and I have a grasp on it. A lot of people don't, but I also like to see the dudes get their fucking clock cleaned. Until I see them get their clock cleaned, then I feel bad. Yes, it's terrifying, you know, especially for that any... attack afterwards where, yeah. like, make sure the guy's down is fucking terrifying. Yeah, and I – I, it's only – you know, anybody with any degree of compassion or intelligence, I think, would would feel – I think anybody with that – you know, any degree of compassion and intelligence would feel the same way that I feel. Watching these two dudes beat the shit out of each other is horrific, you know, especially when you know what Don Fry's like now. Mm-hmm. And Takayama is. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about them. We'll that's talk about them that's a totally different story. But, you know, it's 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 unfucking believable. And then once it goes on for an extended period of time, these two bashing the living shit out of each other, you start saying to yourself, what the fuck are these guys made of? Yes. Because you know what? I went around thinking I was a tough guy for a long time, and guess what? I would have bowed out pretty quick in that. All right. Brandon, thoughts on the match. I would have been like, fuck this, I'm out. Brandon, thoughts on the match? The match was what it was. Uh, Pure chaos. 
Takayama legitimately gets his face destroyed almost instantaneously. He's Both of his eyes are completely swollen. His nose has a big hitch in the middle of it. Um, Don Fry just did an interview saying that after the fight, which was right before this, he fought on painkillers for every fight. So he mm. said he, basically he was high on painkillers for this fight. I think that makes sense watching it. But uh, I think the one thing that I reading about it, and I don't know, I know next to nothing about Takayama going into this. He is the guy that you should acknowledge here. Don Fry is 15 and one at this point in MMA. Takayama's 0-2 MMA fighter and a professional wrestler, and he doesn't drop, goes out there and just keeps slugging, doesn't go down. And, uh, you know, you see on Don Fry's side, he wins the fight. It's fight of the year and immediately declines after that. Drops, I think, three or four in a row and is absolutely never the same after this. Pure chaos. Um, but the, it's such an event, dude. It's like at the top of the list of... Not necessarily this Pride, but watching Pride in this, it's at the top of the list of like, oh, my God, what I would do to have been at that. Been there. They do yes. such a oh good God, job. Yeah. They do such a good job of taking the best of the pro wrestling hype and then the, the actual uh, unplanned chaos of MMA. It just like folds out perfectly here. But holy shit, man. The announcer actually I, says it, the announcer at one point actually says he's like, I, I'm trying to speak, but I, I'm going deaf over the cheering of these fans because the fans yes. are losing their fucking shit for Takayama getting the shit kicked out of them. And this is a Japanese crowd, which Japanese is crowd. not known for losing their shit. Oh, like they, they, they're known for losing their shit when it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. They'll throw they'll go to, you know, uh, the sumo hall and throw their their seat cushions into the into the ring, which we've seen before that uh over crazy ass shit but they won't do it fucking for nothing and they were losing their fucking shit i i, I want to add this too uh don fry actually said that um that he was fundamentally changed as a human being after this fight i would imagine yeah it changed him as a human being and you know he talks about you know when you because you mentioned the painkillers he talks about that and he said that you know, that destroyed. Like, there's no like, oh, yeah, I was on painkillers for that fight. He's like, that ruined my fucking career, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, just tough. Just like you look at these guys. And Don Fry, yeah, Takayama, it's just like, you know, no experienced professional wrestler. Hangs in there with a legitimate monster and, let, and they just pound each other's face. Yeah, Don Fry is definitely and, the one that looks worse. Than Takayama. Oh yeah, well sure. Takayama caught and Takayama caught him with a couple knees in there too. Did, I mean, it yeah. wasn't like it was like just a cakewalk and he was just like a big dope getting punched in the face and not and just taking it. I mean he he there was a couple spots where he almost won that fight. Mm -hmm. Yep. Brandon good. I think yeah what what yeah, I appreciate about these things and it's it's not a good thing but it it is what it is is that these guys when it's fight of the year or when it's these famous wrestling matches, when I'm a, a child watching Mick Foley go through this hell in a cell, these people are never the same after these things. They right. really change the entire course of their lives for that one night. You really have to, to take that in when you're watching that one night that they, these people made that decision for the sake of entertainment. Think about, think about this for a second. So Don Fry signs this match and it's a main event of a pride show pride, the biggest, uh, mixed martial arts promotion in the world at the time. 
and he's supposed to fight uh, Mark Holman. Cancels at the last minute. This is still the main event. They put in this unknown pro wrestler named Takayama, and they're like, he's a really big dude. He comes out and he says, I'm going to punch and knee. He pretty much said it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And Don, like, Don Fry's got to know, like, I'm going to beat the fucking piss out of this guy. And Takeyama has to know, I have to, like, even the promoter probably goes up to him and is like, just make it, like, four minutes. Last four minutes, man. That's all you need to do. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's this a lot of money involved. Be, this fight would never be allowed to go on. The champ, uh, a champion versus 0-2, like. No, it, it makes no sense. To even have it happen. And then Takayama fucking Madness. Takayama basically down. punching bags <laughs> and fucking survives it. And he legit looks like his face with the blonde hair. He looks like one of those furry cactus. <laughs> blonde furry cactus. That's what he looks like by the end of this fucking match. His eyes are closed. He looks like he did, like he looks absolutely he looks like a sad puppy dog. His face looks like a melted candle after all mm-hmm. this. And Don yeah. Fry's like, yeah, good job. Here's my paycheck. But I get why this would change someone. You're like, maybe <laughs> maybe this is the wrong. I feel terrible. <laughs> Beat the shit out of this guy for a paycheck. I feel terrible. Well, I was high as a kite. I didn't feel shit. And this guy looks like this. I'm done. <laughs> and he just starts losing afterwards. Chris, go ahead. Well, Don Fry actually came out and said that he was asked what he, like, what was going through his head. And he said, like, what the fuck? Well, how fucking tough is this guy? Right. Like, how is he taking this? You know? And it's just, it's just amazing. And what people do need to realize too is that Pride. We talked about it earlier, though. Like you were saying, though, it's like Pride was like the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there were people in the audiences in tuxedos and shit. It wasn't like go grab. Don Fry was saying in an interview, like it wasn't like let's grab some beers and then go to the fights. It was a an event. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just like oh yeah, we're gonna we might do this tonight. Oh, we'll go grab, we'll jump on the L and we'll go to the subway and go to the Phillies game. No, it was a fucking, like, going to the Super Bowl. It was a big fucking deal. Yeah. So, just an amazing, an amazing, uh, an amazing just time. It was just so off the wall. Yeah. And, you know, what happened happened. And uh, this was my last stretch with uh, mixed martial arts was pride. After pride collapsed, I was done. I never was a big fan of what happened, like what UFC was with the cage and everything. That's just me in particular. I was this was peak me watching MMA was pride fighting. Uh, well, I'll tell you this: as an MMA fan, um, it to me it's um, you started to see a period in which uh, I think it was right. It was you know right, I guess right after the Fertitta brothers took it took over UFC and it started getting big again where they were consistent, and I wasn't watching MMA at the time. I would give it a shot. I would watch the pre-card on on ESPN. And it was always like, I would turn it off because everybody, it was people who understood, because Dana White has always understood, 
you got to have a pro wrestling aspect to it because Vince McMahon makes money that's by promoting point. fights that everybody yeah, knows yeah. are fake and they still pay to go see them. Yes, that's a good point because right? UFC that or those early UFC fights like post Pride were very like this is a sport and this is what we do and we beat the shit out of each other yeah. and it, it was missing that like grandiose atmosphere of Sakuraba coming to the ring with a fucking mask on and then taking right. it off. And he had other people come to the ring with masks on. And you're like, this is pro wrestling. Of course, it's right up my fucking alley. Right. Right. When you, but when you start, so after this whole situation, pride shuts down, then you start to see UFC starting to get big again. And UFC starts, I start to notice that the reason why I didn't watch it wasn't because I wasn't interested in the fights, but it was because everybody in there was, saw what, what it took to push the product along, but not understanding how pro wrestling worked. And everybody was a shitty heel. Yes. Nobody was yeah, that's, likable. That's another problem. So that was one of the issues. And now the fact that they've kind of settled into this spot where there are guys in the UFC who are extremely, extremely likable human beings. How right? About, how about uh, PSG, Pierre Saint-Germain? What's his name? GSP. Oh, uh, GSP. George Saint-Pierre. Yeah, Saint it's not yeah. PSG? No, it's not Pierre. It's Paris Saint Germain. Saint Germain. No, it's not. It's Germain. that guy seems like so, a good guy. He seems like a baby look, face. Right? He is. He is. Okay, is it safe to say the ultimate baby face? In 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 UFC, I, would, I don't I know. Would, Brandon. I'm, yeah, Brandon. What, is that to say he's the ultimate baby face? He's up there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. There's a kid that uh, Brandon Moreno who just won um, a lightweight title, flyweight title. I forget what one. Flyweight. Yeah. Flyweight title. He just won the flyweight title, and he's like. Plays with Legos and is just like the greatest dude ever. He's a babyface. Yeah, you super need good guys. Face. You need, you need people guys. to root for and people to root yeah. against. Yes. Or else yeah. it just becomes well, another sport. Yeah, exactly. And even other sports that are successful, you know, you have a team you hate, whether it's yeah. rational or not. You have a team you hate. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon, stick, go ahead. Stick, like stick with me for thirty seconds here. I don't want to bore you guys with uh, the MMA Please wrestling. Please do. Plot Chris lines, and I are just yeah. blah blah blind. So go ahead. Yeah. But it's, uh, I, I think this is why I get frustrated with watching wrestling now is because everybody is Anderson Silva who doesn't lose for for two years and it, nothing's interesting. It's like a perfect plot line that's actually developed naturally within mixed martial arts. Talk about the baby face heel thing. It's like I remember watching Conor McGregor come up. He was very relatable. He's a plumber. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of leaning into the heel aspect, flipping people off, winning fights. Then you see him go to the top and become a complete piece of shit, become completely unlikable. And then he comes back against a guy named Dustin Poirier, who runs a charity, is a real human being, relatable. And all of a sudden, who you thought was the baby face is now the heel. And a new guy's the baby face, and he knocks him out. And it's like you could, that it naturally happened and mm -hmm. is an awesome storyline that gets people excited. And it's like, oh, my God, this, this whole thing developed where human beings' personalities change based off of wins and losses. And something new has arisen. And it's not when you have control of the results in wrestling, you can do that you more often. It. And they still don't do it. <laughs> it's right. right. Think, about mean, this. Was... Think about this real quick to go to boxing. So Mike Tyson coming up, you know, he's a poor kid. He's from New York. He takes care of fucking pigeons. He's got a lisp. You know what I mean? He's coming up. He's knocking people the fuck out the whole time beating the shit out of people by the time he gets successful he makes a couple bad business deals he's hanging out with don king he's beating his wife before you know it he's the bad guy in the fucking story 
Buster Douglas comes along and knocks him the fuck out. Buster Douglas is a hero for about six months. I don't know of anybody that rooted for Mike Tyson in that fight. When no that fucking way. I, I watched that happen live. I watched that happen live, yeah. and uh, it, I went absolutely fucking crazy. Like that's that mm-hmm. is. And, and why can't to, wrestling do this all the time? To, to, to Brandon's a, a to manufactured Brand- version of that thrill, and they can't even give it to us. I to Brandon's point when I I watched the Poirier McGregor fight. And I'm just going to tell a quick story story about it because it was so silly. I'm watching it and there are other people in the room. And this woman is cheering for McGregor. And she says, why don't, why don't you like McGregor? I said, listen, if you kind of got a grip on what he was like, the way he acts sometimes, you probably wouldn't like him either. There's a reason why she liked him. And it's a reason why a lot of people like him. And it's because he carries the Irish flag with him to the ring. Okay. Oh, nationalism. That's cool. Yeah, a little national. Well, the funny part is, is that the Irish people, fine, but the American people that are like, oh, he's Irish, I love Dispo- him. Uh, uh, what that diasporia? What's it called? What's that term called? The people around the world that are Irish. Diasporia. I can't forget the term for it. I don't yeah. know. What, I, I'm not familiar. Apparently, with Irish people are amazing, but everybody that isn't from Ireland, and they're just people of Irish descent. <laughs> I don't speak so, to those people, but whatever. So, um. He when when Poirier wins the fight, the seconds leading up, because you've watched enough MMA, you know, when the wind's coming, you can feel it. You can see things. Movement starts to change. They start doing things a little bit differently. And the other guy's backing off. I must have screamed at that TV louder than I've ever screamed at anything in my life because I was so involved. And I've screamed at wrestling like this. So, you know, this is where I'm getting at. And the woman said, why doesn't he like him? He's Irish. <laughs> and I was like, God, oh, screaming. Ah, my head just kind of cocked. <laughs> but um, like I said, when 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 I was when I was watching the fight, I was excited when that happened. The emotion that came out of me naturally was just completely off the fucking wall. And you this is happening in real life and you can't write a story that kind of mimics these things, these bullet points, and fill in this. You have unlimited resources to do this. <laughs> yeah, man. I, it's... I agree with you. I'm, I agree with you. And it, it, like I said, it, it's something that happens naturally in the world, and you can't mimic it with writing. I, I do not get it. Brandon, good. No, I, I, yeah, in real life, I accidentally became a mark for a guy who I thought was a good guy. Watch him turn heel watch someone else go baby face beat the beat the heel and went fucking nuts bananas just to pure chance reality uncontrolled circumstances it's fun these you it was so much fun it was an entire story arc that i will never forget and i will make yeah. my kids watch those fights and tell them like you have to understand the development of this story these people can create that as many times as they want. And we're doing Kevin Owens against Sami Zayn and, and Drew McIntyre against Bobby Lashley. And you're banned to fight him again. If, if you lose the cage match, there's just, it's almost nothing happening, man. I, mean, I think this is why we get so frustrated. It's just because well, it's like you, you turn on any, the Euro is cup is happening right now in soccer. There's, there's more compelling storylines happening naturally left and right than the show that's designed, the soap opera designed to manufacture compelling storylines. 
And back to the point that I make constantly, though, if you go back, how long, when was the first Poirier-McGregor fight? When was the first time Poirier-McGregor uh, came in? That was on FS1 on a Sunday night. It was his first UFC fight. Years later, he fights Poirier. Years later, he fights him again. Right. The thing that they do not do is devote actual time to That's telling the story. Great. Yes. And okay. to tie, to tie, real quick, to tie this yeah. all back into the Don Fry and uh, Takayama fight, uh, at the beginning of the fight, everybody's going nuts for Don Fry. When Takayama first lands that that one knee, yeah. the crowd just goes, because they are expecting shifts. Takayama to drop dead in this fight. It shifts. I mean, a big gasp out of the crowd and a scream. And before you know it, you get Takayama chance a couple minutes later. Takayama, who was supposed to be fodder for Dan Fry, Don Fry, is now the hero of this story. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a. I would say go out of your way to check this out. Um, it's only about what, what do you think the entire video, including entrances and exits, fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, the, and the one, the one thing about the video is that it cuts off right before uh, Don Fry's post match promo. <laughs> he just says, "Arigato gozaimasu." And it's like, uh, yeah, he spoke Japanese, but um, yeah, I would say go check it out. Um, final thoughts on this, Chris. Go. So, what's Don Fry up to these days? Days, and I'll talk about Takayama. So Don Fry is uh, pretty beat up. Uh, he's in pretty bad shape. Um, it was described that he showed an X-ray of his spine. It was described as looking like a roller coaster, I believe. Mm. Um, so he uh, had a number of back surgeries. He was um, he was doing an interview and he was having you know a slight bit of difficulty coming up with answers, you know, to remembering names that specifics, you know, remember names and dates. And when he said, you know, yeah, I have to apologize. I had a stroke and it was a post-operative stroke he had. Um, so but he also said that all of those major injuries that he had were from pro wrestling. Right. Uh, he claimed that. So to get to the story with that, he. Brock Lesnar. Now, I don't know the timeline. Uh, Brock, I think Brock Lesnar had been approached by New Japan by Inoki. Um, and he got a contract offer and he turned to Vince and said, this is what Inoki offered me and, and Vince offered him more. Uh, and this could have been just at his initial arrival. Uh, and then they wanted a foreign heel. So they went to Don Fry. Right. So that was Don Fry's involvement in, uh, new Japan. Don, but Don Fry said that he didn't understand how wrestling worked. And he didn't understand that he was a monster foreign heel. So he didn't have to take bumps. And he was taking a lot of unnecessary bumps. And he said that that's what hurt him. That's surprising that no one had had to talk to him. And it's just like, listen, stop taking bumps. You're never supposed yeah. to bump. You yeah, bump like, at the I mean, end you of look the at the, Yeah, you look at the size of that fucking guy. That guy's not a, he's not a, he's, you sh he shouldn't be bumping. Right. Especially since he's a monster foreign heel. Do you guys know? I I don't know what happened with Brock Lesnar at that time. I was I'm kind of surprised to hear that he came. I, to me, he was a Minnesota wrestler that the WWE kind of found and built. I didn't. I'm curious why Inoki was like excited by the prospect of this young kid pre WWE. I mean, I can only use you know just what I know off the top of my head, which would be that. Anoki in general 
and New Japan in general, they're out for real athletes, especially in that time frame, which was is considered Enochiism. That's what they call that era, Enochiism, where it was like shoot, worked fights. Like, wasn't very good. It wasn't very much fun to watch. A lot of it was very boring. But so I could see him reaching out and seeing this giant kid from Minnesota that's absolutely massive heavyweight college wrestler and being like, hey, we're going to offer you a contract. I don't know that, uh, Chris, you said that this happened before he signed with WWE or he was with the WWE. And... I, I'm not, I'm not sure of the time frame. Right. This. I don't know if it was during his, I, I, you'd have to look, you'd have to cross reference everything. So I'm not sure if it was before he got there or if it was before he, um, it could have been when he left. Cause he definitely worked. Cause he definitely worked. Split. He was in De- new Japan. He was their champ. Yeah. He was, he was the champion. Yeah. And he left with the title three. I forget. Yeah, yeah, so this might be around the same time. He took the I don't title. Know. He took the title with him. He wouldn't get. He it wrestled. <laughs> that was their. It was their first triple threat match for the title. It was him, Nakamura, and Chono, I believe. Yeah. Chono. Yeah. That's 109 at that point. <laughs> Probably. I don't know how old he was. But um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and and that was the thing. I think. I think. Not to get off topic, but Brock Lesnar was actually brought into WWE through Shelton Benjamin. Yes. It wasn't like WWE didn't find Brock Lesnar. Shelton Benjamin said, I got a guy. You got to look at this guy. Cause I think Shelton Benjamin was in Ohio Valley at the time. Right. And he told him, well, you should bring this guy in. He's fucking <laughs> freaking nature. It's amazing that uh, WWE doesn't scout college wrestlers on a regular basis. You would think they'd be all over them. Well, then they, you know, some of them are small, so they become shorty G. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I think I only think of one wrestler. I'm sorry. Is the only rest, the only two guys that are in there that were legitimate wrestlers are Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle through my entire like watching of WWE. Well, you just mentioned Shelton Benjamin. He's a legit wrestler. Right? Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas. Yeah. Charlie Haas. Yeah, you, yeah. you mentioned um, Shorty G. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you're talking about, I've been watching wrestling. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what's Since his name? The early too? Um, 80s. I'm um, just trying to think. Uh, fuck. The guy that's in the Dirty Dogs. Oh, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph yeah, Ziggler, the, yeah. He was the and, 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 uh, Cactus, uh, oh, wait a minute. There's a lot of them. He's a Fucking now that I'm, uh, uh, Cody Rhodes was a wrestler. Uh, 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 <laughs> we'll uh, talk about, we'll talk about him later. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, point to point, I I fucked up. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. Hold on, I'm not done proving you wrong. Um, the <laughs> the guy that's I think the, Lashley was the video game nerd for uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, the video game guy for uh, the New Day. He was a wrestler. The hell is his name? Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. <sighs> there you go. Just yeah. named a couple for you, Chris. How are you feeling? They've done so. Thank you. So let's, let's, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm, unlike unlike the rest of the United States of America these days, I'm okay with being wrong. <laughs> so, so Takayama. Nice job, Jim. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so Takayama, by the way. Um, so after this match, he becomes a fucking legend. He's champion in Noah. He's the biggest fucking wrestling star in all of Japan. Most recognizable. He keeps the blonde hair his entire career. And, um, you know, sadly, in the last few years, he ended up breaking his neck in a wrestling, in a wrestling ring. 
and he's been incapacitated since then, sadly. But he showed no side effects from this fight. He took his beating, and he was a lot younger than Don Fry, I think, during this this fight, so he had a little bit of time. He took that early beating and was like, yeah, I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. That was my selection. I hope you enjoyed it. Next up for the retro. Yeah, we were talking about it. Whose turn is it anyway? Whose turn would it be? It would be Brandon's. My turn, but uh, given the the current state of uh, FMWE, I... I, Oh, my God. So this weekend, coming up. Asked alone. FMWE is coming up. It's the FMW show. It's Onita showing John Moxley, as he likes to say. John Moxley. He's showing John Moxley what real death matches are like. So I like pulled up a list and I was going through it. I'm looking at some of the list and I'm like, oh, these are amazing. Like top of the list for FMW matches to watch to commemorate the return of FMW E. E stands for explosions. I could go with Combat Toyota versus Megumi Kudo, which is probably my favorite FMW match, but I figured I would go with something iconic. According to this list, it's 17th on the list of best matches. So sorry, guys. I have a feeling the top five, after the top five top matches in FMW, it's a real big drop off after that. Okay. And we're going to 17? We're going to number 17. It's Onita versus Terry Funk from May 5th, 1993. If you haven't seen it before, it is legendary. Exploding barbed wire death time bomb. I don't know what the fuck's going on. All you need to know is that the referee is basically wearing a trash can for the entire match. This is, and I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. At this time, 1993, wrestling fucking sucked. WWE fucking sucked. New Japan, or not New Japan. Um, New Japan, we couldn't even get. WCW was like this weird, uh, we bringing guys over from New Japan, kind of you, uh, I don't know, UWS. Not guys. even Jim. We like, weren't even there yet. Weren't we there? Yeah, it was. Yet? It was Bill Watts. Yeah, it was. Fuck. It wasn't Eric, Eric Bischoff brought the Japanese people. It was still Bill Watts. Wrestling was so bad, and then I get this tape. This tape says, "Wing Wrestling." And FMW. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is insanity. Dudes are just immediately, the bell rings. They're like, oh, this dude's from this uh, uh, Mr. Pogo. And he comes out. He's got paint on, camouflage. He's got camouflage pants on. He's a large Gut man. Boobs. Very, very, very large fat man. Can't see his lower body because he's wearing camouflage. You can't see anything. He's got cowboy boots on, which makes no sense with camouflage. And a bunch of other dudes, they ring the bell. They don't even wait. There's no lockup. They immediately run in the crowd and start beating the living shit out of each other. And I said to myself, this is the most insane fucking shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I like pro wrestling again. This is one of the iconic matches from that time. I say you guys watch along with us. Atsushi Onita versus Terry Funk from May 5th, 1993. It is the ultimate sacrifice by one pro wrestler to save the life of another. While the referee watches on in a fucking trash can. I hope you guys enjoy Thank you.
next time. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, no worries. And it, I, I, just, I do want to say real quick on the your last choice. Excellent job. 40, 40 plus minutes of conversation out of that. Uh, not not a ton of it pro wrestling related, but I think what we got to at the end was a better way of of saying what we've been trying to say about why we're frustrated with what's currently going on. So yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah, yes, well done. Yeah, it's we just want good storytelling. That's all this is all about. We're not watching it because the punches look fake. I'm angry. No, we just want to be entertained. And if the storytelling fucking stinks, we ain't gonna watch it. Raw or SmackDown. Except Roman Reigns, he rolls. All right, let's move on. May I add, may I add real quick? Yeah, Chris, go ahead. Just to, just to get a time frame. Uh, Don Fry's debut in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling was in 1997. Oh, geez. He was there from 1997 to 2002 and then back in 2004. He was actually 55 years old when he debuted in New Japan. He was 55 and 93. Wait, hold on. That's wrong. I, I he's 55 right now. He's 55 now. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. So he was, was 55 16, when he debuted this uh, second. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, when he dis- debuted now. So, yeah, 1997. All right, Brandon. AW time. Let's talk about it. Let's go. Go ahead. You're up. What do you the got good for just me? Popped. I get the, the air just left the room. Um <laughs> You mean you don't want to watch? You don't want to talk about Matt Seidel versus Dante, Dante Martin? Talk about the good yeah, stuff. Talk yeah, about we really did, good I, stuff. I wrote down the good stuff. I've I've mentioned since the first time I saw him in the ring, Dante Martin. He's still only 20 years old. Jr. will let you know that. I think this kid could be something. Yeah, I thought it was just. Does he have strong team. legs? Did 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 uh, Jr. let us know that he had strong legs? Okay, just sure. strong arms and strong legs. Uh, and is probably one of the smoother wrestlers on that show. Uh, him and Matt Seidel have a match that's very entertaining. If you if you're interested in like just watching what's going on with the prospects, I guess in AEW, not that Matt Seidel is a prospect, but I would check out this match. And um, but it gets cut off. Matt Seidel cuts off El Idolo Andrade uh, before he can around, make right. his announcement. Oh, okay, right, you're right. Yeah, Matt Seidel cuts off Andrade's statement. Uh, so I think they're going to point to those two having a match. Um, other match I enjoyed, Hobbs and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Adam Page start off the show. Uh, again, a wrestling match that makes sense, and you're building up Adam Page. It seems to to uh, defeat Kenny Omega or be the main competitor to Kenny Omega. Hobbs is working his shoulder, trying to eliminate the buckshot lariat throughout the match. He's beating the shit out of Hangman, frankly. Hangman survives and uh, ends up countering with a dead eye, which is his other finisher. And it's like, okay, cool. You, yeah, that's uh, that, finisher that was a nice A touch ended. You went, to, you went to finisher B. It's like, okay, there's some depth to this. Hobbs looks awesome. Um, Chris, know, any thoughts? Get in. Did, did you catch his show? Is Chris dead? I think we lost. He's, he's muted. Yeah, <laughs> he's yelling, but it's things. So. There we go. Okay, I couldn't unmute it. I was clicking on it. It wasn't unmuting. Uh, first of all, I just want to add, like, you know, when you bring up Matt Seidel and have them being like, I forget what the term you were you used to uh, describe him. Um, he's he's been a professional wrestler for 21 fucking years, so yeah. he ain't young. Right. Um, no, 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 he was talking about um, Dante. The other, being young. Yeah. the other. The other guy. This is how I feel about everybody on the show. Everybody's the dude that I've heard of from WWE or New Japan, and that other guy. I got to be honest uh, with this with this match, uh, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. I was complete skip mode. I double timed this match. Yeah, so was I. I just didn't care. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, once again, I you know, I, I kind of find uh, Hangman to be a little – this match was all right, but I find Hangman to be a little snooze-festy. I got to say about this match, it was a good match, and I like Hobbs getting a uh, like a, a spot. He's going to be the middle dude, the dude you have to beat to get to the top guy of Taz's crew. And this was a good match. The only thing that I noticed, and once again, I had mentioned this before, and I don't know if it has to do with the sound system in Daly's Place or what the fuck is going on, but, man, he got no reaction when he came out. Like, I'm not talking about He didn't. Nobody booed. Nobody cheered. Nobody looked. Nobody cared when he came out. Which is kind of fucking strange, man. And I'm still going to lean into this, like, there's something going I on think in you're the sound right. system there where... Maybe the people behind where the camera's pointing. So we're looking now with crowds, like full crowds or whatever they're doing in, in Florida. You look at the way it used to be. It was like you looked at the, or during pandemic, you looked at the ring and then the entrance was directly behind the ring. Now the entrance is slightly to the left and they have seating directly behind the ring. Those people don't seem to react to fucking anything unless it's in the ring. And I think that whatever the sound system is, is this venue set up for bands and the sound system is behind the band? Yeah, it's and they are the I band. Think I think I think they're on the stage. I think they're the stage. I think they're yeah. the band and the sound system points outward, so they don't know mm-hmm. what music's happening. They don't know like who's doing a promo. It just doesn't come off right. Where the people that would be us, where we are, our view, or the ones that are reacting, and it doesn't come across right. They need to fucking figure this out already. They've only been there for a fucking year. Can I can I just interject what I was? Yeah, I noticed this today. They let, had let, this. Let's let Brandon go first because it's his turn. Because it's his band. Or his, I just I just wanted band. to say. Sorry, to, his show. It, yeah, it's my fucking band. I just wanted to say real quick to that point. This is the end of Daly's place, presumably. Mm-hmm. They're now on the road. So starting this week. week. Yes, yeah, starting okay. this week they're on the road. Um, so we will see one what works and what doesn't with these guys, and two enough of the weirdness of the, uh, trying to do a show in an amphitheater. Go, Go ahead, Chris. Chris. I'm sorry. I no, I was just saying when 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 you watch uh, when you to, when all the things that we've talked about with AEW over the last couple months, starting with Jericho flying off the thing, and you saw the boxes and the cardboard video games and all this other shit. And then I watch NXT and I realized like I was watching and they had, it was in the middle of the women's tag match. And there was a graphic that came up in the bottom left of the screen. It was a new graphic. And it was like, it told you what the match was, was that was going on. You know, it said whoever was for Jessica May and all these other people, whoever were in the match. And it came on the bottom of the screen. I was like, Oh, that's a nice little touch. And then I thought to myself, production value. Right. Yeah. And what a big fucking deal it is. Now that you mentioned the um, Jericho shitty bump that he says was the most dangerous bump he's ever done in his entire life, by the way, on podcast because mm-hmm. he's a company man at this point. Um, he's a did, you guys, did you guys happen? <laughs> did you guys happen to catch Ricochet jump off the top rope and take? Oh! Out, <laughs> holy fuck! Take out uh, Johnny Mundo. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. No, also about that night. What's that? Well, I was just going to say, I, I understand it was the only way that you'd be able to pull that off. But the funniest thing about that was, is you did that and there was nobody fucking there to see it. Right. Also. But that's the only way you're ever going to get that done. Also, how could you have pulled off that jump that Jericho did off the top of the cage better? How about shoot it that way? 
There you go. Your problem solved. The problem wasn't that it was fake and that it's wrestling is fake and that we're all stupid because wrestling's fake and we didn't in no, it's because you fucking fucked up and you should have shot it from a different angle. Yeah, that's it's not yo, it's obvious that he didn't go flying off a cage into the fucking floor. We didn't think he was going to die. We hated that production blew it. That's what we hated. Yes. I'm sorry, exactly. Brandon, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, real quick, I, I lied to you guys. I'm getting confused about the dates because they're moving around all over the week. Tomorrow night, they're in dailies one more time, but they're back to Wednesdays. After that, then they're on the road uh, ad infinitum. That's good. Uh, I don't other... want to miss their last show at Daly's Place. I mean, they've all yeah, been so you, fantastic. You yeah. They're gonna, I'm sure they're going to bring it home strong without the, the closer. Uh, other positives I wrote down, Cody Rhodes. Not on the show. Took the week off, uh, and I gotta God. say, it was it was notable. Like the, just the absence oh felt God. like the show was so much smoother. He, he 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 like literally. It feels like the he's the bottom point of every two hour show, and just removing that and and raising the floor was notable. And actually, like I didn't have a hard time watching the show, and I think the fact that that's so fucking annoying. I subconsciously was like tanking the entire experience for me. <laughs> and it's a one week off. Chris thoughts. Oh, fuck Cody Rhodes. He just brings, he puts me in a bad mood. I like that. Um, Everything he does, dude, his usual segment would involve some kind of interaction with the QT Marshall QT Marshall still got a promo and it was terrible. And I was only like two minutes. So I got to slip, like fast forward through it real quick. As soon as he made that stupid face and started talking, I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. Oh, it's a minute and a half. I'm done. It was amazing. Less Cody. Less QT Marshall, please. Brandon, go. Exactly. Um, and then we got a coffin match coming up July 7th, their first show on the road. Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Uh, I don't like Ethan Page as, as a – we usually quote Seinfeld at least once a week, as, as Frank Costanza would say. This guy – this is not my kind of this guy. This is not my kind of guy. <laughs> he yeah. just looks goofy, but uh, I don't know. A coffin match could be fun. I think I'm thinking of the, the Undertaker's matches. The uh, this will at least be different than that. So it's maybe something new here. That's just, that's all I got for the positives. Did, it, did either of you guys have anything else positive to say before wait, wait, I wait, wait, hold, on, hold on. So you think it's a positive that we're going to get an Undertaker match on AEW? Because that's what we're getting. Well, I don't think Undertaker ever went 20 feet into a coffin or something. Oh, we might there, get was, something, wait, something there was, wait, there was, there was, we're going to get a, an actual six feet of dirt and a coffin? Or is it going to be a coffin at ringside? I don't know. I, I, I'm <laughs> guessing that, that it's, we're going to get a coffin drop into Ethan Page in a coffin from a, from a abnormal. Oh, height. right, right, right. Okay. I got you. So, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be into that, but, um, Ethan Page is the wrong guy. Honestly, if you're going to build to a coffin match, make it be somebody you're going to care about. Yes. Like, you know, Undertaker versus Kamala. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, seriously. Can though, I like, add he's just, like, you have... Go ahead, Chris. Chris, go ahead. Well, I'm I just, sorry. Yeah, I, I want to add. It's a perfect time, I think, to add to this because uh, it involves Ethan Page. Um, I've taken it upon myself to... Uh, let my opinions be known. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Oh, should we do that now? <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, what involves yeah. Ethan Page. So this one, yeah, we'll do that. That's that. Yeah, so um, take it upon myself to let, let my me, opinions can I, can be I, known. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can I, can I lead into <laughs> this, please? Yes. Okay. So um, Chris is not very active on social media, various platforms. Not that active. But uh, he finds interests. We'll call them interests. One uh, couple of years, one couple of years ago, as Chris throws his phone across the phone, room, one a couple of years ago was Chris was on Facebook and was complaining about Ring of Honor on the Ring of Honor page. But he complained so much about Ring of Honor and pointed out how shitty it was that he ended up named top fan on Facebook. <laughs> To the point where me, Chris, hold on, let me finish. To the point where Chris was making comments and then signing out as top fan out. <laughs> oh, and then when people disagreed with me, I told them that they had no right to disagree with me. I am top fan. I am top fan. It was amazing. Top fan says. Um, so Chris, yeah. What's the How beauty of earning the top fan title? is that your comment gets bumped to the top. So Chris's trash talk is raised above every other Jamokes. <laughs> above every, every other dickhead that comments. Like, who comments on Ring of Honor? Who even cares about Ring of Honor? I, com- I commented you know, I commented like three times and got top ten. So that tells you who comments on Ring of Honor. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Go ahead. People got very angry with me. And the only reason I stopped following Ring of Honor on Facebook, and this is years ago, is because every time I'd scroll through my Facebook feed, I would see one of the Briscoes' face. And it's just, they're so ugly. It's just so displeasing to my eyes. I couldn't look at it anymore. So that was the end of that. So how about AEW? But they, they put a post up. AEW put a post up with about Ethan Page. Now, you know, nowadays, I only have one way to describe things that I don't like, and that's just by saying that they're fucking whack. That's it. I don't have any reason. I'm just letting you know I think this is whack. My new thing is anytime WWE says, who should win this match? I always type, no matter who it is, I always type anyone but whack entire because the motherfucker's whack. <laughs> so my comment on this Ethan Hold Page on, thing. Hold on. Let's, just, let's categorize this as... Listeners at home, this is complete trolling. Chris is a troll. Oh, 100%. Right, there we go. 100%. I just love that the creativity, like, never in my mind would it occur to me to be like, let me check out what the comments look like on Ring of Honor's Facebook page, let alone let me tag in on this and and see what happens. Chris, Chris, I don't think I... Go ahead, go ahead. I don't think I ever looked at the comments see my thing with these this is to never involve yourself into a conversation with anybody never no. i just say one thing and then everybody that yes. replies to that thing i've now won yes. because you yes. say rotten <laughs> things to me and i don't reply yes. I yes i don't argue with people it's and a, a, Ring of it's Honor, Se- seinfeld classic Say seinfeld classic seinfeld joke it's uh and i'm out you make the funniest <laughs> thing in the room. You go, I'm, I'm out. I'll see you later. Look out of here. See you later. I'm out. Right? So, I, um, Let's yeah, and something. with the Ring of Honor thing, at the Ring of Honor thing, I never even read the comments. I would just make a comment. And they were so dumb. 
One of these days I'll have to figure out. I'll have to find them. They'll pop up. You commented on this in 19 or 2017. I'll be able to read them. So anyway. It's your anniversary. It's your five-year anniversary. AEW <laughs> on TNT put a post, and it was a video of Ethan Page talking about Darby Allen in the coffin. And my response was, this dude is whack. And, um, you know, I'm sorry. You know, you already did this joke, but I'm going to do it again. And uh, uh, he responded, he is not. He is cool. <laughs> this might be a, like, then, five-year-old kid, man. <laughs> yeah, and then the best part, well, and the best part about this is, is that they respond to this stuff days after I put it on there. I got one today. And this was from Wapnip, you have hot, hot fit. And he said, all ego is a dime, fam. Stop the cap. I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you what that means. I don't know what that means either. I mean, a dime. I know what a dime is. Stop the cap. I googled cap. Before the podcast, but you know my crap computer. If I bring it up on my screen, it's gonna fans <laughs> gonna go. It's gonna sound like a fucking spaceship landing. Brandon, what's the cap? What's a cap? I can I can, I could translate for you guys. So he's saying, all ego Ethan, all ego Ethan Page is a ten out of ten wrestler. Yes. Stop right. stop the tomfoolery. Oh, cap. stop the yeah, line. So, cap. The cap is the bullshit. Okay. Yeah, cap is the modified version of the legendary. I don't know anything of this legend. Legendary Kappa emote on Twitch TV used to express sarcasm sarcasm after the texts. Similarly, oh, similar, similar, similarly to the original one. So yeah, he's right. That's what that means. Stop the sarcasm. Uh, there's nothing sarcastic about what I said. The guy's fucking whack, and I said he was whack. There was no sarcasm. It was a statement of fact. So, so go fuck yourself, Walk. You see what happened on Instagram? How many more you got there? Let's go. I got a couple other ones, but these were awful. Also, from stop the cap. Another uh, one. No, this was another one, and this was uh, some kind of dick to the face uh, thing that um, Matt Seidel did in that match. He did the uh, what's the one that Bronco the Bucks? Meteora. Oh, Meteora. The Meteora. Meteora. The knees, right? Yeah, that's a Meteora. So my 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 post, my comment was <laughs> this. This show is whack. And Subhuftibabat <laughs> responded, ha, 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 better than Raw. Right. I'm, now, a, big, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to go into the comedy, the the historical, the, uh, what do we call that? The uh, We're going to dig in the crates of comedic gold. Okay. And I'm going to quote Dennis Miller. And he says, two of shit. It's still shit. If they That's really true. want to fuck you, they'll give you three. There you go. Um, and then I have another one off that same post. This was made by um, – now, mind you, this man has a picture of Superman. Oh, I thought it was going to be Punisher. He had a picture of the Punisher. No, I wish. Then, then I would have had to. Punisher skull, blue line Jesus. threat. Donald Trump hair, blue line. Uh <laughs> And he mentioned me in a comment, and that comment was, this was Nyefovatsafovit, Superman picture. And he said, you have bad taste. 
So I guess I'm not making friends in the AEW community. <laughs> Hopefully some of them will listen to this podcast and I'll get a little bit better responses for my shitting on AEW uh, comments. Well done. So we'll see. That's the, uh, we'll see. You're doing the Lord's work. I am doing the Lord's work. Cause, listen, I'm going to say something. Okay. <laughs> I don't like a lot of shit on TV. I find it all to be crap. Um, when asked what I watched on TV about a week ago, I said, TV's nothing to me, but pretty much boobs and background noise. I really don't watch that many television programs. Um, but when people watch stuff, I can see why they think it's good. I'm just not going to wrap myself in, up into something that I'm probably never going to finish. AEW is poorly made. It's poorly, it's the production value is shit. They make mistakes constantly. Um, it's like watching a bad movie that isn't funny for being bad. Like, there's no, like, oh, my God. It's not like watching a fucking movie that you laugh at because they fuck up so much. It's just no drollery, and there's nothing to it. And there's, it's, no camp. there's no There's no camp there's to no it. There's no camp. I believe, did you just say there's no charm? There's no charm right. to it. It's just, like, we're just it, – it, it, I want this – like, anybody that sits there and wants to think that I enjoy this – I want this to be good. Yes, we right? talked about this. When you have another wrestling product that's good, the rising tide raises all ships. Everything gets better. We didn't get to I the bad, Brandon. No, not yet. Brandon, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's yeah, no, step. no. That's, that was that's excellent. That was great like, insight. Oh, by the way, Ethan Page sucks. Go ahead. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point. We're investing our our free time into doing a podcast about pro wrestling. Do you think we want this to like go horribly? No, yeah, no, I, it would be it would benefit no one more than us for this to be good, enjoyable. I, I just want to make one more point too, and this is to anybody that likes like you know when you give me shit for thinking Ethan Page is shit. In my opinion, and unless you're Japanese. If you have never been invited to the big show, you're pro there's probably a reason for it, right? And he's been around forever. Yeah, he's been around for a long time. And he also worked for Evolve, which is a company that's now owned by WWE. Right. Now, you look at the, 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 the classic – there are two people that were never WWE guys. Right? Samoa Sting. Joe. No, so no, that's WCW. That's dead. Okay. Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Their entire career, they were never WWE guys, and eventually, you become undeniable, which is what both of them became, and they both ended up there. Samoa Joe cut short, wrestled main event on a pay per view, wrestled Brock Lesnar for the championship, was involved in a ton of fucking plot lines. It was never the top of the card, but fuck it, he's awesome. He was AJ definitely St in one of the best promo segments in in WWE ever. history. Yeah. And then you have AJ Styles, who I think nobody has been better than him since he came there. Right. Right. Everybody else, if you don't get an invite, at least for a period, you might be missing something. And it's not them being like, they just don't understand it. No, you're fucking missing shit. And they're not hiring you. End of fucking story. I said it earlier. I'll say it now. Look fucking inward. He's talking to you, Ethan Page. 
Talking you all ego motherfucker. You gonna step into my fucking ring? I will show you what crap points all about, motherfucker. That's right. All right, I'm done. Ready to go. Chris, uh, at whatever cadence you feel comfortable doing, I encourage you to make that a recurring segment on this show. Is that you trolling? Oh, I will. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it, oh, yes. oh, 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 it is definite. Yeah, this is definite. And listen, listen. Remember, when I say this, I am trolling. I am not saying that anybody watching it is a horrible person or they look this way or they do. No, I'm saying the thing on TV stinks and I don't like it. And then they're, you know, I don't, I'm not, I think trolling would really be, oh yeah, well, you're stupid looking, you're fat, your butt smells, you should probably go kill yourself. That's trolling. I'm trolling. It's trolling light. Trolling light. Like Nick Ultra. Did you guys see the uh, Conan Tully Blanchard segment by chance? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. This was so fucking weird. There's there's two kinds of old guy bumps. There's Sting getting us excited at Double or Nothing by looking good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Conan? Conan. He was saying saying Conan. Conan. I said Conan Conan O'Brien. R.I.P. Conan O'Brien. Sorry, buddy. No, Conan. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, Conan O'Brien immediately walked off of the TBS set and wrestled Tully Blanchard. Now, there's two kinds of old guy bumps. There's Sting pulling his shirt off and looking surprisingly athletic in his old man bond. And then there's 57-year-old Conan getting a pile driver and as his shirt lifts up a softball sized either hernia or tumor emerging from under his shirt not even six months ago he was in intensive care like what the fuck are they thinking <laughs> what? Fuck. holy shit oh my god i don't want to make light of whatever his his medical condition is but dude i don't want to see this freakish uh growth that's uh extending from his belly button come out i um i loved i liked this segment though i thought conan was fucking amazing in this except for this big gross white belly i thought the the promo was great though yes yeah he no he was awesome uh i i was into it he made some good points Came out to the LAX. I was like interested in him, but then they flip him upside down, and y- you see a a, a medical <laughs> emergency monstrosity. <laughs> medical emergency. <laughs> As he gets slammed on his head. All right, I'm trying to watch this in the background. All right, go ahead. You can chime in later. Mute yeah, your mic. Please, please pull it up. It's shocking. You're like, holy shit, dude. This guy is like, got a. I don't know I what it I'm is. scrolling through. They're arguing. They're arguing. Yeah, they argue for a while. Well, what, so it's what oh. happens is what happens is he's, he invites out a proud and powerful. I think is the name of the team. Uh huh. Ortiz, what they're supposed to be, but they're wearing masks. And then you find out it's FTR, and which was they terrible. That was stupid. Everything that lit, led up to the beatdown was cool, and then the beatdown itself was like, come on, man, that was so stupid. Are we waiting on Chris's reaction? Oh, God. He's, he's got like a herniated umbilical. It's like, yeah. it's like a softball. 
Yeah, he just yeah. he just had he just he just was in he was in intensive care for a while. That's why you need to go back, bro. <laughs> Fuck, get your money back. They let you out of the hospital with a fucking hernia like that. I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. Your I'm, I'm sorry. Your stomach is uh, extremely uh, lacerated, and there's all kinds of contusions. So we took a small baby and we sewed it into your stomach. You now have a small child attached to you. Congratulations, you're Dude, alive. It looks like it's it looks like it's about five minutes away from reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's mind. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing. It's like. My first thought, I've had two hernias. My first thought was like, that looks like a hernia. If you were just in intensive care and something like that is the hernia, probably would have taken care of it. That could be that could be uh, more terminal than than just a distended uh, intestine. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna, they dumped him on his head. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I had that fucking operation. I had one of them for years. It looked nothing like that. It was nowhere near anything like that. Let me tell you something, man. It's a fucking drag. So if that's what he's got and it looks like that, that dude ain't going to be alive too much longer. Anyway, the, you see a horrible tumor uh, at best at, at uh, a massive hernia <laughs> during the show. Nobody really freaks out. It, I it was probably the first holy shit moment in AEW for me, and it, and it, it was not what I anticipated from a holy shit moment. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> oh, I can't. It, it was the highlight slash low light of the show. Uh, besides that, the uh, uh, thing that I wanted to complain about is just the interference segments. They're just relentless. There was four of them in two hours. Uh, speaking of earlier, we were talking about Samoa Joe. And like the security team and they end something. It's like you're watching the show. And it's like, does anybody fucking work back there? Will anybody stop anything from happening? There's my my biggest thing times. with professional wrestling in general is that. And other companies do this well. AW doesn't. Is that there's no oversight. So when you physically assault someone, you this is supposed to be a pretend sport world that we live in. At what point are you going to jail for attacking people over and over again? It makes no sense that you should just be able to attack people, to break arms, to push people off fucking buildings, to do this stuff. There's no repercussions. So therefore, it's right. just Mad Max now. And if that's the case, why do I care about the consequences? Because there are none. Right? Why, why is this com why is this interesting or exciting? Right. This why do I care? Because consequences it. are part of the storyline of this fake fighting that we watch. That someone is going to suffer because they did bad things. No, in this it's just like, yeah, whatever. We just do whatever we want. People just run in. People are interfering all over the place. It's so you hard to watch. Go ahead. You're getting me fired up because it's like it would be so much like just the simple things like you brought up. It would be so much more exciting in this show if one of the times that the Good Brothers came out, they got arrested or something. And then you're like, oh, shit, these guys might have got arrested. And then they bust out and do something again. You're, there's at least some like, wow, like, there's some there's some um, meaning to the fact that they took a risk and did this. 
this just feels like there's a hundred guys standing right behind the Titantron, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> and and as soon as something goes wrong, here comes their ten guys, and sometimes the other wrestlers, ten guys, don't come out. And it's like, so like our early in the show, the Taz's group, I forget what they're fucking called, come out. Team Taz, that creative Team the Tasman. Taz, thank you. Yeah, all come the Tasman. But the Dark Order is nowhere to be seen. So it's like, I don't know, where, did they take the night off because they didn't get booked? Why aren't, why aren't they involved? There's 20 people in the Dark Order. Not one of them is backstage. Nobody, one of them is a no. child. Yeah. What? Yeah, at what point does wrestler A, uh, babyface, say to wrestler B, heel, yeah, I'd like to wrestle you, but your buddies are just going to come out and beat me up. So no I'm thanks. Not, I'm not doing this. I'm okay. Like, you, you know, like when Kenny Omega, when Kenny Omega's up. moaning and saying, you don't have any personality, you're going to fight me, and you get the chance to the champ. And it's just like, yeah, I'm the number one contender, but I'll just wait because I don't really have a chance because you got like 40 dudes backstage. I'll wait until somebody beats you, and then I'll fight them. Yeah. And you cheat, and the, rest, and the refs don't do anything. They they just you don't even, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know what it's starting to seem like to me? Now that you say, you just said it. it it's starting to seem like... What people who don't watch wrestling and they don't see the subtleties think wrestling is. But these guys are all professional wrestlers, which is so strange. Right. So, like, you know, uh, oh, he the bad guy cheats. But the bad guy doesn't just cheat. The bad guy cheats when the fucking ref's back is turned. That's not cheating. That's when he cheats. Right, right. That's cheating. Only cheating if you get caught. You're not cheating right? if you do shit in front of the referee. Then it's just no, you're blatant just ignorance blatant by the referee. Th- yeah. So like, like I said, it's just like, you know, oh, well, the, you know, the good, the bad guy, oh, the bad guy did this. Yeah, but he didn't just do this. There was a number of things that led up to his deceit. You don't build. I'm just going to. You don't build. You don't uh, build heat. By cheating in front of the referee. No, it's supposed to be look around and then. Get a guy and punch him in the face when the ref isn't looking, and everybody loses their shit because they're going, ref, you didn't see that. And the ref right. goes, duh, I didn't know because I'm a referee. Then he goes about refereeing. If you're standing there watching it, it just makes no fucking sense, man. None of this Back makes the... any fucking sense. And I'm sick Back of fucking the... watching it every week. Back <laughs> to the Young Bucks versus the Young Cucks and, uh... well... You know the 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 dude the and the and the and the Onita half Onita guy and the <laughs> Bad News Bears guy. Who? Who Onita are these guy people? and Bad News Bears guy versus the Young Cucks, and they were kneeing Onita guy in the head a million Fox, fucking you know, times, right in front of the net, right in front of the ref. The aerosol cans, are like deep, right. you know, yeah. aerosol Brandy cans go. are are legal. Brandon, go ahead. And I and it's what it is is. You know, I've said this different ways before, but we go every week, so I'll say it differently this week. It's the wrestlers are the writers. And if the wrestlers are going to be the writers, they have to be their own counterbalance. Right. And they have to write in the wrestler segment. And then what stops the wrestler from being their complete evil version of themselves? They don't write in any counterbalance. So it's just the young bucks just dominate everything through cheating, and this is just a refereeless, lawless show where they're all friends and they can do whatever they want. And there's four faction interference segments in this show. We go 
uh, the powerhouse Hobbs thing, which I mentioned, the Chris Statlander versus Bunny women's fight. There's interference in Omega and Juggle Boy, the main event. And then the Conan segment. There's four different times they do the same thing in one show. And it's just amongst all the things that we just said about why it doesn't make sense. It's fucking boring to do the same thing four times in two hours. Yeah, we're bitching that WWE does the same match every week. They're doing the same thing over and over again on the same fucking show. Yeah. Throughout the entire like, show. It's like What's trying the over to watch a, what, Go ahead, I'm sorry. It's like trying to watch a sporting event and every 10 minutes someone's running on the court and they stop the thing and like is this are we ever going to get to see what we, we were trying to watch in the first place? Yeah, Chris. No, I was just curious. What's the over under on this going under? Are we there yet? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think we're there yet because no. you have a network that's investing in it. No. But eventually they'll get fucking tired because eventually these fans that they keep saying, oh, this many fans watched. The re- the, the network's going to go, yeah, that's all that's watching. That's it. That's, <laughs> it's, that's uh, the other thing is that can we get that? Can we save money by replaying a property that we own the rights to so we don't even pay for can we get a section like, you know, the loss of um, of viewership? Would that be made up by the gain in revenue by airing a program that yeah. we own the rights to for fucking eight hours at a time? And nobody fucking watches it, but we don't give a shit because we got commercial time in there. When does that happen? Because like we talked about all the time with these. Now it's a network deal. It's all down to money. And when they figure out that when they crunch the numbers in a couple years and they go, well, you know, 500,000 people watch this every week. Yeah, but 300,000 watch reruns of what's the Urkel show. I don't fucking know. And there's going to be family. And we can sell a lot of commercials during that. Okay, let's just go with that. And that's going to lead to a big blowout fight between, if, if I'm lucky, Tony Khan and his father about how much upfront they have to pay to TNT to keep his <laughs> to keep his hobby going on, daddy, on the, I the net. I want it, Daddy. I want it. I want it. Come I want on. It. They only want one mil a week upfront, and <laughs> I could keep having all ego Ethan Page doing whatever he wants, <laughs> and Kenny Omega can tell me what to do every week. And you know what it's, else is funny? It's like it's like so WWE, right? They are basically having – they were basically – NXT was having the same problem that AEW is having now, constant horseshit and no repercussions for it, right? And it's like, watch how the – now, I'm not saying that they did this on purpose as a jab to them. It's I'm not saying that. But it's like, you look how the pros did it. Oh, this shit was going on all the time, and we came up with a solution because that's how a story progresses. There was a problem. Now there's a fix, and then we'll move on to the fix being a problem. This is just – they're all beating each other up. We'll see you next week. It's WCW it's like, is what it is. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, but all right, so let's go back to that, okay? So let's go back to that. Like it or not, what was WCW? It was the same shit, but here was the difference. The guy who was in charge was the fucking heel. So they can get away with it, whether you like it or not. There's at least a storyline where the guy that ran the show was also the guy that was getting these dudes to beat up all the good guys. Right. And then that was eventually working towards NWO being on Monday night, WCW being on Thursday night. Right. That was the end goal that they never got I mean, to. According according to Bischoff. 
according yeah. to Bischoff. Now that could be that could be bullshit, but you know. But you do see what I'm saying. At least, like you know, at least you had a plot line, whether you liked it or not. At least it was there. Right. Brandon. Yeah, I have a I have a lot of thoughts on this. I'll, I'll just pick one. Uh, what no, they go should ahead. read on get them all, go. get them all, nuts, get them all. Go, get it out of the way. What's I'm afraid well, we're all going to break we're, down in tears. We'll soon. be back. We'll be back next Tuesday. So I can't. I can't. Nothing's going to change so. between this Tuesday. Yeah, yeah you're like, like, going to find fifty things to be pissed off at. I could do week. one seven-hour podcast about this, but we got to. We have a cadence here, but uh, the. The thing that frustrates me is like what they should lean on in these times when it's like they're not trying to do pay-per-views all the time, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. I'm okay they're with that. I love struck it. To write is that what they paid for when they got these guys is like whether you think it or not, Cody wrote Cody or Jesus Christ, Kenny Omega or Cody Rhodes. These guys have had big matches. Kenny o- Cody Oroda. <laughs> Cody Orenga. <laughs> Kenny Omega has had, like, fucking five-star matches. Dave Meltzer says so. That's why he got famous. Like, do a 40-minute Kenny Omega title match on TNT With who? one time. With who? With who? There's no Okada. There is no John other. Mo- yeah, I was going John Moxley was, is not Okada. John Moxley is good at what he does, but there's no guy that can be yeah. the vehicle for Kenny Omega to do his shit. You need somebody Here's that's the- that quality. They don't have that guy. Here's the thing. Let me just interrupt because I agree with you, Jim. Here, here's the thing that tra- it drives me crazy. So you talk about um, Meltzer talks about Kenny Omega having a five star match. Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega in that five star match in the Tokyo Dome was not the only fucking person in the ring. Of course not. And the it just so happened that the other person in the ring is was is was 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 widely considered the best wrestler yeah. in the fucking world which is ba- and, and if you look at ken at, at okada's moveset he's basically young randy orton he's randy orton's moveset in a younger body he is a guy that's a slower guy kenny omega is a faster guy put them together you made magic they don't have anybody like that they don't have anybody as fundamentally wow. sound as fucking Oma- as okada or Randy One. Orton, for that fucking matter. Right, well, they're never going to get a Randy Orton. But You, you understand know, what I mean? Ahead, what I'm saying. Brandon, Brandon you're, like... you're trying to chime in. Go ahead. One, you're both exactly right. Uh, I would not disagree with that at all. But two, I would rather them take chances like that. and tr- They have people that are talented wrestlers, and I would rather them take chances on big matches than to just let Kenny Omega go into the weakest part of his skill set which is his like promos and creativity relentlessly like it's do what you're good at hold over in the long term and let the stories kind of tell themselves with what's happening and let these things breathe a little bit we didn't even talk about this match we haven't spoken about this match the main event you don't want to talk about this match well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had a hard time. I had a hard time watching it. I was just like, "This, I'm so uninterested in this." I've seen the AEW version of Kenny Omega so many times, and I don't. I watched Jungle Boy fumble through matches with the fucking bald guy from FTR, whatever his name is. So I'm like, he can't even carry his weight with that guy, and now he's going up a level, and this guy doesn't 
Kenny, when I say this guy, doesn't do a good enough job of leaning down and, and carrying long things. So I saw there's 23 minutes left in the show when this started, and I'm, I'm uh, counting through magic cards looking for anything that looks right <laughs> <laughs> going up and down. So. Chris, did so you catch you, his match? Go ahead if you had thoughts. I, I'm sorry, I didn't. <gasps> I, I tune out. Okay, it wasn't very good. But it was very. <laughs> I was watching. No, it listen, like listen. Uh, a lot of looking at. It phone. was very entertaining, and they built Jungle Boy as like the underdog. But the problem was is that no one sold anything ever. There was not a single moment where anyone sold a fucking move. Like the, the problem the with this Omega and the problem with this crew that run this fucking company is they were they're from the indies and no one ever polished them and that's what this is. This is spot after fucking spot after spot after spot after spot is yeah. spot ending interference whatever. None of it is a build to a story or someone hurt. No one looks hurt. All of Kenny Omega's moveset looks like it should fundamentally hurt. High knees, splashes to the ground, reverse ranas, snapdragon He's suplexes. He's great at those things. No one sold anything. That is my biggest problem with this match. It was entertaining to a point when you, until you get to the point where you're like, oh, these guys are just going to do moves. Cool. You guys look very impressive. This is, this is what I always compare it to professional wrestling is going to the circus. This is the high. It's not even the trapeze. This is watching guy. Those. You, you ever want, go to the circus and you see the guys and they jump on the trapeze, the uh, the uh, uh, trampoline, and do, 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 and they do all these flips and they're bouncing around. They're going oh, and everybody goes yeah, yeah. You did a great job. You did these flips. That's great. That's what this fucking match was. There was no doubt who was winning this match, and there was n- no thought that this was possibly a fight. There was no fight involved in this. Here's uh, 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 amongst my AEW rants that I've, I'm hoarding. Here's one that I'll bring up right now. Chris Jericho is the head of that locker room. In my mind, don't somehow Kenny Omega has gotten, I would argue, notably worse on AEW. Yes. Th- does anybody talk to anybody there and and lift anyone up or is there any advice of what needs to be done amongst these guys? That's what I'm really confused by is like, there's no constructive criticism seemingly happening based off what I see as the finished product. Doesn't anyone go, Hey man, you're doing this thing. You're wrestling a kid. You're wrestling an indie kid, a child. You need to take complete control of this and tell him everything he needs to do the entire time what he's going to sell, how to drag this out, how to make it compelling, and work through it. Kenny Omega is like the the guy that has all the skill, and he doesn't do any – like co- there's no camaraderie during the match of like here's what, how you will look better and I will look better and the match will be better. He's just doing Kenny Omega against people. Okay, as a dumb dick that just watches wrestling in my mom's basement, here's my how to improve this. Kenny Omega is the veteran. Jungle Boy sells the entire match. He's underneath. He comes back, gets his move set in, looks like he's going to win. Omega wins in the long run. Boom. I just rewrote the whole fucking match. 
You know what that's called? Basic fucking wrestling. Basic fucking yeah. wrestling. Chris, go ahead. No, I was going to say the same thing. I was thinking about that when you guys were talking. It's like there was a way to do this. Like if you have him, he's the greatest wrestler in the world, so they say. Quote, unquote. And you have him. You have him get challenged by a child. He should be beating the shit out of this child the whole match. The way Jungle Boy gets his shit in is because he gets too cocky, starts talking shit, and he gets caught. Right? Then you can make Jungle Boy look like a fucking superstar in about a five-minute period. Where there's Mm -hmm. a five-minute period where he gets all his shit in. Boom, boom, hits all his fucking moves. And then all of a sudden at the end, he makes a goofy or a goofy mistake or he gets distracted outside by one of fucking these cronies that are constantly these involved. Idiots. There's yeah, constantly like, cronies involved that don't do anything, don't contribute to the show, don't wrestle on the show. Like you got the stealing, Good Brothers. So, When's the last time the Good Brothers wrestled on fucking Dynamite? I can't never. remember the last time they fucking wrestled. Have they ever wrestled on Dynamite? This is absolutely infuriating to watch. It's stupid. It's a waste of fucking time. And yeah, money. I think they Very actually good. wrestled last week. Did they really? The Good Brothers were in the ring? Was yeah, they had them in a shitty tag. tag yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I don't even remember it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I took well, that right yeah. back. Yeah. Good show. Um, yeah, and then, you know, from what I was talking to before, you had a match with an – we were talking about this earlier. You had a match with an established former champion and a fucking major heel – and he was challenged by somebody who had no business challenging him, and that match was great. Because the guy that was challenging got like it actually looked like they actually made it look like he could win. Yes. And he didn't. He didn't. So and that guy was fucking Adam Cole. So if you're listening to this and you're one of these fucking Kenny Omega, oh, Kenny fucking Omega people, I'm gonna I mean, tell I you this right this. now. You're Go still- watch Adam Cole. You're still stuck Here's, in that New Japan mindset, but guess what? Now he's on his own devices, and it's not the same fucking dude, and this is not the same company, and they don't book the same, and it just you isn't. You need somebody to say. This is PWG you, on steroids. It's indie yep. fucking wrestling. It has no indie story bullshit. besides dudes putting themselves over. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. Brandon, and we're going to watch it next week. Brandon, go ahead. We'll watch it next week. Yeah, let, let, while we're doing fantasy booking or what we should have done, here's what I would have done. Let's go back to Don Fry versus Takayama. Jungle Boy's Takayama, he comes out and just starts slugging, and, and Kenny Omega's like, oh, shit, I, I forgot that there's fresh faces that really want this. Yes. And they're just beating the hell out of each other. And you go, oh, my God. And then the veteran kind of overwhelms him. Then if you're going to do an interference segment, since that's what we like to do, Let's bring out the guys. Kenny Omega rests on his laurels a little bit because he has all his boys with him. Jungle Boy beats the shit out of them. He's he's murdering the, the gang, gets through them, and then Kenny Omega comes back and wins. And yes. That makes you go, oh. That's another way to do it. Man, another he way to almost do it. had it. You have Jungle Boy just dominate the entire match where you're like, Kenny Omega's constantly got a face where he's like completely overwhelmed. And he's just like... Holy shit, I didn't expect this. He's rolling outside the ring, and he's screaming to the referee, getting involved. All the usual shit that he does. 
fucking ref getting the Bobby. He won't leave me alone. He gets back in the ring. This is 20 minutes. And by the end of it, Kenny Omega just pulls it out. Whether he does it himself or he does it with the help of his cronies, it's another way to do it. But we just they, they did it the, two different uh, ways. But they did the, uh, I've said this before, there's 27 potential stories you could tell, and you've told none of them. Yep. You tell the one that's least entertaining. And on this recap website that I'm on, I'm not going to say who it is, but uh, they give this match an A. Yeah, my ass. People just watch the fucking work rate, man. I would give it like a B minus. I thought the work rate was great, but the storyline is fucking terrible. There's no storyline. I don't get it, man. What else we got for AW? I mean, I think we just went through the whole card. Oh my God. Too much faction crap. We're going home. We're going back on the road. I think what I'm excited about with this show, and again, it feels like we're reviewing like the U.S. Football League. Like, right. And now all of a sudden, like, is this the falls rolling around, and we got NFL? <laughs> is this going to be something or not, or not? So I'm very curious to uh, see what happens. Uh, you you mentioned it early with Powerhouse Hobbs and the pop that he didn't get. They're in the AEW bubble still. Right. Where it's there's two two things happening. There's the AEW Hardcore View Hard. You're on mute. You Power- I think you repeat that button. again. You, you went out. Now you're good. Powerhouse Hob. I said there. There's the AEW Bubble, and then there's what I perceive as reality. In the AEW Bubble, Powerhouse Hobbs isn't over because they only pay attention to what Kenny Omega and and the Co the are telling people. Them. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. When they get back into reality, I'm curious how things settle out because there's guys on this roster that I think are good, and I hope that some of that actually settles out. And I think there's still hope in that sense. That's all I've got. And we've I think got we're getting a signal that we have other things to talk about here. Yes. Yeah. That's no, all no, I've no, got that's for and uh, no, if, I, if we had a Patreon, we would kick it to the Patreon here. We're going to go into an adult segment. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not going to do that. No, we're not doing that. We, we already talked for two and a half hours. Um, we are going to AW, correct? When it comes to Philadelphia, we discussed this kind of Oh, mostly. yes. Okay. Are we going to do both I'm gonna shows? going to get my $8 ticket. We're going to do both shows. No, they ain't $8 no more, man. They're almost sold out. Dynamite's almost, almost sold out. So we get Dynamite and Rampage. According to the way I've been seeing the shows have been booked, it's they're doing two nights at one venue a week. So they're doing Dynamite and Rampage in Pittsburgh. I got a feeling we're going to get Leah Cora Center. Is it still called Leah Cora Center? McGonagall? Yeah, Hall? that's what it's called. It's yep. not McGonagall it's Hall not McGonagall. anymore. So I think we're going to get Dynamite and Rampage. Are we getting tickets to both these nights? That would be uh, Wednesday and Friday. I mean, I don't work those nights. <laughs> I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to work any of these nights. Yeah, it's a Wednesday night. Wednesday and a Friday. I think we're going to get Rampage that night too, or on Friday. Okay. Are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing. I, yeah, we're doing this. I don't know if I can do both. Come on. All right. Well, how about this? You got it up. Book book the tickets for uh for Dynamite uh, <laughs> right now. Where should we sit? I don't know. There ain't much left. Well, there's. Do you, uh, you could sit by the stage, or you could sit in the back end, lower level. Wait, how much is and by the stage? Like half... Oh, you mean by the stage, meaning like where they walk out? Yeah, but yeah, what well, you would like the the raised entrance ramp. 
I think I I prefer the uh, TV side to the right, which is where where I always sit for WWE events. If you know what I mean, TV is yeah, yeah. looking towards it. Okay, those are gentlemen. You are watching us buy tickets online. Those are sixty dollars. Holy shit! Plus the sixteen dollar per ticket fee. And you're on the McGonagall website. Oh, sorry. Oh my god. Sorry. The what is it called? Lee Chorus. Go to Lee Chorus website. That's what I'm on. Okay. Sixty bucks. We gotta go. We owe it to our people. I think we should hold out on this one. You think so? Wait until not, here's not, the, so here's hold on. Go. It's like uh, let's just wait until everyone doesn't fucking go on a Wednesday night and just pull up. Right. They'll be. Okay. I I think that we should wait till the last minute and see if there's tickets for cheap. Okay. And if not, I'm not. Spe- if not, well, I'm not. If, <laughs> we're going. If not, if like, not, listen. If not, we'll. If the ch- tickets don't come for cheap, we'll buy whatever tickets are available at regular price. Or we'll sit out if front. I'll get up. I'll get a table. And a generator, and we'll sit off front and we'll record an episode in front of the place, <laughs> right at Temple's campus. <laughs> if not, we wait till they come around again, and everybody remembers how much they suck, and they don't wait. fucking go. Oh it's going to be tough to get tickets to anything. I went to get tickets to a concert uh, at the Man, you know, the Skyline stage, the Man. Yeah. And trying to get them when they went on sale was impossible. Which show? It was uh, rancid, and trying to get tickets when they went on sale was impossible. The Ticketmaster fucking crashed. Because so many people, I think, were so excited to go to a concert that they all went on early. And I waited an hour, and I went on there, and they were, you know, I got them no problem. But um, they, uh, I think that, um, I think that this is solely a post-COVID, we got to go to wrestling rush. Yes. And the next time they come around, it's going to be. be like, We've had record numbers. AW is more popular than ever. You've been around for three years. Of course, it's more popular than ever. Fuck, man. You had nothing What are you, what are you comparing us to? <laughs> what are you comparing us to? Like, what the fuck? I don't want to. It's two hundred twenty-eight dollars for three lower-level tickets. No, don't buy it. Yeah. Don't buy it. No, 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 no fuck that. Lower level. Where's lower level exactly? Because I all the all the tickets I saw were up top. No, you got some. Te- you got some sections in the first lower 105. level. One hundred five. Yeah, I ain't sitting down. What do I need? to No, do? no, lower level. That's the floor. Yeah, I don't want the floor. And, Not the floor. No, floor the, the B. First check this out. Floor B. Hold on. Whatever that means. Yeah, floor B would be so if they walk out, right? So they're walking down the ramp, and this is on the left, uh, on the left side of the, you know, probably you could be seen on hard cam, right? So row four, four tickets, eleven hundred and eighteen dollars a piece. What? Think WWE? Nobody's gonna see me and discover me. Section 102. I'm an old fat pig man. 134 on each. Show. So, look, <laughs> I have a feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling these got bitten, bought up by some kind of bots. Yes, absolutely. And they, come you know, night of the show, <laughs> come night of the show, they're going to be real cheap. <laughs> they're also going to I can tell you, I went there, I, I went there the first time they came to the live course center and the Uber cost more money than both tickets. Yes. So. 
I was, talking to, I was talking to a girl that in, in the bar the other day, and she's a wrestling fan, and she went to um, AW at Leacora Center, and she said that she got them for eight bucks. So yeah, so let's wait. <laughs> let's wait. We'll and do, a, not, week, we'll do a weekly idea. update. I do have an idea. I do have an idea. If if we don't get to go because it's such a hot ticket, mm-hmm. I have an idea. <laughs> we'll watch it on TV. Yes. And then we'll talk about how shitty it is on Ooh, the podcast the following what? week. What about that? What how do you think this? about, about that? this? Let's let's peel back the curtain a little bit. We'll watch it on TV and pretend we were all there. There's that too. We Remember can. that time I sung, sang, song, sung. <laughs> Judas, Fozzy Judas in Brandon's ear at full volume. That's not Do you happening. remember that time? No, it's not happening. I'm bringing one I'm, of those. Uh, yeah, somebody down you know the, Those blow up thunder sticks. The blow up thunder sticks. I'm going to be whacking you over the head. If I you, know, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy. I'm going to. I'm going to go win one of those blow up aliens that they give away on Penn's Landing. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to bring that. Buy a seat for it. How do you win it? I don't know. What I don't do you, know. I just see people. What do you, you see people walking around with it. There's a fucking amusement park down there. Where? At McGonagall? Penn's Landing. Oh, we're not going there. What are you talking just, about? Just make <laughs> How about that guy that uh, had three orders of crab fries? That uh, It looked like he had the most fun out of any of us the whole night. We can make this up. <laughs> Do they sell uh, crab, crab fries at McGonagall Hall? Well, they will. Oh, yeah. They will that night because we're going to make it up. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks for joining us this week. and join us here every week at Wrestling <laughs> Hard. <laughs> That's on Instagram. Oh, you're fucking drunk. Who, me? Yeah. Why? Thanks for joining us this week. It's Jerry Wrestling Heart. My name's Jim. It's Frank Christmas. See you next week. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> wrestling. Go out on Heart for Wrestling at Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Take it no, away. Hold on. Now i got to do it again. Whew. Thank you for joining us this week and join us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. Never get a stuffed up nose or Chris will accuse you of being drunk. Odio Rota. And for Brandon and Chris, I am Jim. And we will be back here next week.